Darkness has fallen and Gotham has lost their hero. With Harvey Dent dead and Batman in hiding, the city is left to its own devices, allowing the rise of one villain. Forcing Batman out of retirement, this villain pushes our hero both physically and mentally. Will he succumb to the darkness or will he rise? I'm James Hockenjoes, and this is The Rewind. Hey guys, this is Jimmy, and you're listening to The Rewind, presented by House of Hats Podcast Network. Your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they just stop and get shot. Never tell me the odds. The Rewind. The Rewind. What's up, guys? We're here today uh, doing The Dark Knight Rises. I have two of my closest friends with us, along with James. We have Vinny Catronio, who was just on... Uh, sorry, you nodded. I was like, I thought I said your name wrong for a second. No, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> we just, Brandon, I wasn't here for the last one. But we just went on a whole thing about how I'm terrible with fucking names. And I can know you for 20 and, years. And, and before we started, my cousin Vinny, I put the hand up and said, Vin, how do you say your name so I don't butcher it? Yeah, you we did. We had that whole it's, deal about four hours it's ago. It's Contrio? Contronio. Contronio. Yeah. Got it. See, Brandon's also Italian, but he says yeah. his, his last name a little more Italian. Who, me? Yeah, Bucella. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Bucella. That's, That's off the boat, Italian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, grand, uh, my technically, I'm second generation. Does anyone in your family make pizza professionally? My grandpa didn't, but he made pizza every time we went over to visit. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. That's awesome. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he's been doing it for, like, he, well, he was. He does. He's no longer here, but he was doing it for, like, you know, 40 years. That was, like, his thing. Right on. So, um... What are your do you do you don't have any real film credentials, right, Brandon? Um, I have a very robust Netflix subscription that I've had for a very long time. Um, a fan, yeah. another fan, just like me. <laughs> and uh, in a college, it was a lot of torrenting and just passing time when I was supposed to be studying, watching movies instead. So, you know. hell yeah, dude, that's how I dropped out of Cortland. I, I didn't finish college either. Look at that. Hell yeah. <laughs> But you do one thing that does benefit you in this industry. Uh, what's that? You play D and D. Oh, I do play D and D. Yeah, it's on the it's on the lanyard. Yeah. Yeah, he's. We played. We used to play Dungeons and Dragons together. So yeah. he's still play. Yeah, you still play. I don't. But um, yeah, you're very. You know story very well. So he's. He, I would consider you a writer. I would consider people that play Dungeons and Dragons like we used to, and like you continue to do, to be some form of writers because you, and improv artists because we have to be pretty quick at that yeah. stuff. <clears throat> I mean, so. I think it's. I think D and D is a great way to be creatively, you know, a writer and an improv person where you can just kind of experiment and be creative. It's not something that I think everyone can do professionally but I, I enjoy it i like it it gives me some way to you know create a character it's like oh i would like to be this person this would be cool then i could just i could just do it play it yeah that's that's what us writers mm -hmm. do too we literally writers right? of our own worlds i mean yeah <laughs> that's critical it. role they're all voice actors you know so yeah they all professionally do that stuff matt mercer he writes and stuff but he also does dnd so yeah, I love D&D. I actually would love to start playing, but that has next to nothing to do with what we're talking about today. So, <laughs> Actually, we, we double-checked. It has nothing to do with what we're talking it's about today. It's actually <laughs> completely irrelevant 
But but you, but you know personality, what? Personality. We're, we're doing a background check on a new guest. The people are sick of anybody now. This is his third show in a row. <laughs> so, I've overstayed my welcome. So yes. Is this, is this no, like... never, never, never. We're just we got to do some character development on the new guest. That's all. Exactly. But you could argue that we could do a campaign set in Nolan's world. Yeah, you could. And that would be probably badass. Yeah. From yeah. my limited to zero understanding of D&D, you could pretty much do a D&D campaign about anything that you could put your mind to. So uh, <laughs> Kevin Racanello, our friend over at the Brothers Thrice podcast, was telling us you could literally play D&D about a game of football. Uh, technically, you could. Yeah. And there would probably be a beholder and a dragon somewhere in there. But yeah, you could do it. Spice yeah. things up a little bit. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, you, if, you arguably could. If you if we were going to do one in the Nolanverse, who would be the main Betty? Because there's a bunch to choose from. I think, yeah. I mean, Joker. You have to make a Joker. Yeah, right. I think he's just the... I mean, because he, he is the big bad. He is the big bad of Batman. Technically, it's Raish. Technically, of the whole Nolan verse of the entire trilogy, technically it's Raish because who as Raish Al Ghul. Right. Oh yeah. The tomato, tomato. I've heard Raish Al Ghul my whole yeah, life through any wrong. any kind of I've, media. I had no idea. They what call you're him. Talking they call him Raish Al Ghul in the Arrowverse. They call yeah. him Raish Al Ghul in cartoons. It's a tomato, tomato okay, thing. I, I call him. But the Joker, I would say, has more of an impact on the but trilogy as a whole. As we're going to get by the end of this, when this movie comes full circle at the end, it was really. Ra's al Ghul's um, ideologies that drive this entire third movie as well. Uh, yeah, okay. So theoretically, he is, even though he is somewhere. still dead, he is technically the main big bad of The Dark Knight Rises, which I have a whole thing on that I'll get to later. So if you look at it that way, he's the bad guy in the first one, he's the bad guy in the third one, and he's ultimately one of Bruce Wayne's like worst parts of himself, of his history. Yeah. Like, all the bad parts of Bruce Wayne are kind of Ra's al Ghul was the harbinger of that. Yeah, you, I, you could you could say him and the the League of Shadows being being yeah. the big bad. Would you think yeah. the impacts of what's going on with the city would be as prevalent or less prevalent if the Joker hadn't done what he did to Harvey Dent? Ooh, I good think question. That, no, yeah. I I think I think um, killing Harvey Dent was necessary for no one to be able to get the feel. That he wanted in this one but the this film is heavily reliant upon the dense act yes so regardless of of the people don't know what happened to him but gordon has that information well, and oh, yeah all of that could have been all those people would have been on the streets or it, it would be a completely different you know so to sort of answer your question here from my point of view what the people think as far as the beginning of this movie, that is seven or eight years past Dark Knight. Eight years. Yeah. Eight years eight past years. Dark Knight. So for the last almost decade, the people have believed that Batman killed Harvey Dent. And they propped up Harvey Dent the entire time as the hero of the city in the process. Mm -hmm. And so now we're at a point where the people don't want Batman. Right. Or don't like, you know. Well, Batman's so, the, the villain. But yeah, they don't want him back. They, right. Don't they think he's the bad guy? And so it's this whole duality of this third movie. It almost makes him like a god. He it's like he needs the approval of the people that don't give a single fuck. So I actually, um, when I was watching the movie, something that actually caught my attention, and to go to your point, you know, with Joker's effect on the entire trilogy, that whole dent act, because of what it did, 
it kind of just because there was no criminals there was it was uh, a power vacuum and Bane just kind of went in and was like okay cool thanks for making it easy for me I'm just going to step in and do everything that I can because nobody's paying attention he just he just did it yeah Bane Bane is a great villain because he can't listen don't shake he's a good opportunist that's why because he capitalized like the Joker tries to capitalize on fear right like that's a big thing I actually have a note. I'm, I'm just gonna pull it up now. The, the the movie is in three feelings. It's three emotions, and it's fear, chaos, and pain. Uh, the first one I think is pain. Then the Joker is fear, and I think this one is supposed to be chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bane like capitalizes on. Oh, yeah. Is like this this like you said. It's it's a it's a, just a vacuum seal of power. Yeah. Like it's it's and that's the, that's what chaos is. Money breeds chaos, and that's kind of like a little underlining thing in this movie. But before I feel like before we get yeah, really into that's the where stuff, I was getting. yeah, let's go into personal feelings and like oh, personal score. Well, and, and so score. I'll go first. Personal score. I'm gonna get into why over the course of the next ninety minutes or so. Not that I don't like this movie. I do. It is a good movie. It's a very good movie. Phenomenal comic book movie. I think I'm coming in a little lower than you guys are expecting because I'm going like seven three. I can't. No. I have problems with Bane. I'll get to that. First time I saw the movie, movie theater. When it came out, 2014? 12. 12. 12. Yeah. So I would have been, yeah, freshman in college. I saw that when it came out in the movie theater. Probably one of the few. There's a small list of movies I've paid to see in the theater twice, and I'm almost positive this is on it. Because when it came out, it was like, oh, did you see Batman yet? I'll go with you. Let's, you know, like same thing Chris was saying about Jurassic Park a couple of weeks ago. Um, My problem with Bane in the first movie, Ra's al Ghul is the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. His his message is very clear. He believes Gotham is without, uh, is beyond saving. Mm -hmm. It needs to all be burnt and reborn like the Phoenix because it's beyond saving. Heath Ledger, Joker, is just an agent of chaos. He's a harbinger of chaos. He just is a nut, really, and just wants, like they say, some men just want to see the world burn. And that is his goal, is to just create chaos and destruction. What's Bane's? Bane. Bane is pretty much on a nonsensical power, like power-hungry tirade for for almost three hours of the movie. It's not until the very end when you find out that he is, Talia is basically henchmen and Talia is executing her dad's plan to burn Gotham down to the ground and bring it back from the ashes, which is what I was talking about before, how Ra's al Ghul is the main big bad of this trilogy. Because ultimately the end of the third movie, we're right back to where we started in Batman Begins with the goal of the bad guy. I was actually going to... Bane is essentially nothing but a glorified henchman. Throughout his entire comic book career (laughs) and no... DC comic enthusiasts will not fight me on this. He's a glor- yeah, he's a no, big I, he's not. a glorified henchman. I'm not fighting you on it. So to put him in the same conversation as Ra's al Ghul or the Joker pisses me off a little bit because he's not even the big bad of the movie. Talia is the big yes. bad, and it's really up until you find out when Talia reveals herself. What is his What is his mission? What is his goal? I mean, just, it, he's just on a path. It's gonna break down Blackgate. We're just gonna like what no, is it? It's, What's his- it's to bring chaos. 
it, it's it's. You can make the she, same argument that he's an agent of chaos. He, yeah, they all are. So, you could even argue that he has but, more character. So I'm not going to accept the because we. It's all ex well known, right? That Joker is was the agent of chaos. That was the whole point of his character. Yes. Right. When this movie was made, which was being made because it almost didn't get made, but I'm sure you have this in your notes. I'm not going to get too far into it. They originally, the studio wanted the main big bad of the third movie to be the Riddler because they weren't going to recast the Joker and they thought the Riddler's character was similar to the Joker's character and they wanted Leo DiCaprio to do it. No one didn't want to do that because he wanted to have a juxtaposition of the type of villain that Joker was and the type of villain that Bane was. So no one's whole mission here was to make them different. So I cannot accept that they're both agents of chaos. Well, I would I say Joker, all three of them are agents of chaos. I but the Joker is more than that. The Joker has more character than Bane, hands down, based on his ambiguity alone. But they kind of, at, at a surface level, want the same thing, to, bring, to burn the bridges down. Joker did that metaphorically with Harvey Dent. He broke down the bridge of everything that Gotham thought was a, a high class and, you know, individual who's going to save us bane on the other hand literally did that he did what joker was trying to do because if the joker hadn't have gotten caught he would have burned the he would have burned the city down yeah so i think just to go on the fact that he's an agent of chaos alone is not it's on the surface level it's true but i think there's a lot more underlying to the joker where i agree with you that bane is just that on the surface level yeah. but that that doesn't make him a bad villain what, for me. What Bane really is is just uh, he's always he's he's paying his life debt to Talia. I was gonna yeah, say exactly. so. Okay, he's paying he, a life debt to Talia for getting him out of the um. What's the what's the name of the prison? It has a name, right? Uh, oh, it's, it's not the, the crypt, pit? is it? It's the, the pit. pit. The pit. Yeah, the pit. Yeah, the pit. Yeah. Um. So I just, I was trying to find the note. So it the first movie is fear. The second movie is chaos, which is why Joker was an agent yeah. chaos. And the third movie is pain. So that's and so can, I, I was I was interchanging which chaos, is, chaos chaos and so pain, that's so. fair because like there's the point where he has the TV on the news where he wants Bruce to see Gotham burn yeah but other than that there's no real reason for his target for his reasoning for wanting I, Bruce like I his think, targeting for Bruce I think he is I think Bane is a extension or a I don't want to use the word manifestation, but I can't think of a better word now. But of, um, for lack of a better word, Bane in this movie seems like a manifestation or of Talia's pain. Because I think at this point she has pain, uh, she has revenge in her mind, and I think she knows what she wants to do, but could she pull it off? So she uses Bane, who's basically her henchman, to do it. And I think that's just her expression of it. And that's, I think, the way we see it. It's just all of that coming out. And then on top of that, Bruce is seeing his city when he's in the pit being completely taken over by this, I guess you could call him psychopath, rage monster, who's just going around and there's nothing that he can do because he's literally crippled. He's just sitting there trying to get stronger. I, I think a big reason as to why I never question why Bane's there having nothing to do with the Talia aspect, like before we find out, is because it's discussed Doggett brought Bane here. So Doggett brought Bane here. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Doggett is trying to take down Bruce Wayne. 
He is trying to control the Wayne Enterprises and the energy, all that stuff going on. He yeah. wants it's yes, a power thing. It, none of that works out for Doggett. But that's ever not- because Bane just used that. Like he literally used it as a way to get into where he needed to get into. And once he had his actual intention set up, because he had all those crews and they were digging underneath the stadium, but they were supposed to be doing something else. And Doggett says to him, What's going on with my guys? And that's where they get into the argument when he kills him, right? Or is that no. no, it's not the same argument, but still, that's when Bane starts to flex his muscles <laughs> on Doggett and be like, No, you're not really in control here. No, no, I know that. The whole but thing was just a manipulation of resources, really. I know that, but it's just like I don't I don't question as to why Bane came to Gotham. Cause you know why I think I don't question it? Because to me, I view, I guess I don't know if I'm alone on this, but maybe in the DC universe, I always viewed Gotham as New York City being the banking center of the ca- the country and stuff well, like that. I believe I believe the Nolan verse Gotham City is supposed to be a New York Chicago hybrid. Because I think they did a lot of shooting they in Chicago. A, yeah. a um, lot of the at least in Dark Knight, maybe this, not in this one. Yeah, no, this is not shot. Well, it has some shots in Chicago, but this is mostly shot. And in it Pittsburgh. also depends because, like, in, in you said Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, because that not that's, that's, the, yeah. that's the Pittsburgh Steelers that the Gotham yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. so he was um, the co-owner. Ben Roethlisberger gets a shot. Yeah, there was, and oh. uh, yeah, that's the actual Steelers on yes. that on the field. The wide yeah. receiver. Wow. Okay, so Heinz Ward. That's it. Yeah. All right, all right. We have to talk about personal feelings because we've been talking about the movie and we have not. I because I went into my personal feelings. And it triggered everyone. So, okay. Vinny, give us your first time seeing it, your score, how you feel about it, and all that jazz. This the is first your first time, time here. The first time I saw it was in the theater. Um, I was pretty young, but I really loved it the first go around. Um, but the second time, and you know, watching it since then and most recently, I do find there to be many flaws. But I do think it's one of the best third installments, you know, of all time. One of them. So on that alone, I would give this movie an eight nine. Oh. Eight point high. Eight point high score. High score. Yeah. What did you give it? Seven three. Seven three. Because it, it, it's it's plot though it's like kind of cliche like oh the bomb is gonna go off we have the big bad guy it's justified by the scale that no one was able to achieve because this is probably I think we talked about this this was probably his biggest film like budget wise content wise yeah. he hasn't yeah. had a film I think it, prior they talked about it when Pr- it was coming prior yeah, I think no. Inception was around this time I don't know if it was before or after uh, 2010 in- I Inception, Inception. Yeah, I was in high school when Inception in- came out and I had graduated by the time this came out so in- I think Inception, Inception was, was before a, either 10 or 11 it's, it was I remember between. seeing yeah. I remember seeing the promos for Dark Knight Rises and go, ah, he was in Inception when they were, when I saw that. Oh down. well, Hardy yeah. Hardy went on a massive yeah, he was, run. He, that was like during that, that this time, yeah. and I I would said I said to him, Inception was really the first film I really remember him ever seeing him and going, wow, that guy's pretty good actor. Curious to see where he goes, not realizing who like the actor of Tom Hardy. Mustn't be afraid to think bigger, darling. At, at, but yeah. but you know what though Inception like honestly does not do him justice because then you have him in he's this so suppressed in that he movie. is such an amazing actor I mean I would put him as one of the best actors I of our generation I think it speaks a lot to his best acting of the last 10 years Easy. he's one of the best of the last 10 Easy. years I would say one of the best of our generation it speaks a lot to his acting ability well, to the fact that he was suppressed but you'd still he's one of the most memorable characters in the whole movie even though he doesn't have the most screen time Killian Murphy though that's another thing like in this trilogy and, and yeah him. yeah and our boy, Thomas Shelby. Oh, I thought I'm talking I about Inception, that. by the way. Um, yeah, no. not, you... not to step on this too much because you brought up how many good third movies in a series are there. 
one of the reasons no one this movie almost didn't get made and no one didn't want to make it was because he asked himself how many this three how many third movies yeah. in it are worth anything that's worth watching yeah it was a combination of that Heath Ledger dying not knowing how to do going forward and not feeling compelled to like he said if we come if we can come up with a script that I feel not just okay about amazing about I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. He also wanted to make it so all three films could stand on their own, mm-hmm. and that yeah, they wouldn't 100%. be tied I think together. They, can. 100%. they do. I 100. percent um, You don't need to know any other information from any other movie to watch any of them. Um, I would hear your deal first. You know. Oh, you saw the Dark Knight first. I saw the Dark Knight first, and I then I watched that, that tracks with his age though. How yeah. old were you when the Dark Knight came out? It was 08. Yeah. Was it? I was 11. Yeah. yeah that tra- sense, so that means you were. Seven when Batman and begins. I gotta tell you, out. for an eleven-year-old watching this in the theaters, it was very traumatizing. Like it was, <laughs> it was one of the darkest films I had ever seen in the theaters at that time. Like when the moment when they blew up Rachel, I was like, "Get yeah. the fuck out!" Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was some pretty grim stuff. Yeah, that's a crazy scene. Give us your deal. Um, the first time I saw this was in theaters, and I will never forget seeing it in theaters because I went with a couple of friends who are massive comic book fans and DC fans, like I am massive batman fans and one of my friends screamed bloody murder like a little girl when bane broke batman's back and literally he screamed out the whole theater silence screams and he goes they broke batman's back they broke batman and to this day it still comes up in conversation like it was one of the funniest things i'll i'll never remember and it was funny and we laughed but we were still (laughs) so in the film that it it didn't even take us out because we actually kind of felt that way. Like, holy crap, we're watching we're watching Kingdom Come, honestly, which um, is a fantastic comic. But um, I I just I love this film. This is my this is probably my favorite out of the trilogy. Um, this is one of my favorite Nolan films, honestly. Um, next to Dunkirk, this is probably my second favorite Nolan film, and uh, I it does have its problems. I won't say it doesn't. I'm not you know. I'm not going to say it's a perfect film, but I, I just, I think it's incredible. I think Tom Hardy is phenomenal. I think uh, Marion Cotier is just, Marion Cotier. I, she's just, she's, she's I good. love her. She's just so amazing. Um, so I would probably put this at, I'm going to say a 9-1. Ooh, good. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say 9-1. All right. So... My turn. Yeah, I your turn. This. All right. Um, so, I like. I think everyone here said they saw it in theaters first, right? So yeah. same thing. Uh, went with a group of friends. Got there super late. Um, got horrible seats, so I'll never forget going because we sat in the very bottom right corner of the movie theater, and I sat like this the whole time watching the movie. It was a horrible experience. Um, great movie, terrible movie going experience. I should say. Let me clarify. Um, I've seen it a few times since then. And I think the first time I saw it, I thought it was like really good. You know, you're there with your friends and everyone's talking about it afterwards. Subsequent views, definitely noticed some of the smaller issues here and there. I think overall, I'm going to go, I'm going to go seven, nine. Breaking my heart. No, it's it's it it has nothing to do. (laughs) Okay, Padme, chill. 
Uh, <clears throat> I didn't know you were gonna go for a nine. Yeah, I, I, I knew. She, I, I'm I, the hard. I'm a hard critic, though. You really are. Me and her no, locked eyes, and I, yeah, I saw the nine it? coming. I saw it. I was like, She's going to the nine. You know me for many years. Um, you hyped this film up like I helped Sweeney up. <laughs> yeah, but I, I wouldn't say this is a perfect film. I mean, honestly, if I was going to rate a highest Nolan film, it's Dunkirk, and Dunkirk, I'd I probably seen that by the way. Oh, yeah, I'd no, probably rate like, that a nine seven yeah, nine eight. I just blatantly that. called anyone who doesn't like Dunkirk stupid before. Oh, okay. <laughs> so right. now, now but it's at the second time if they're not if they don't get it, and that's it. Well, it's specifically the yeah. timeline thing because the timeline keeps jumping in that movie. I and think a, lo- a lot of people who say it's not good, it's because they can't understand the jumping timeline thing. And I'm like, you're not a fully functioning adult. Then people if, said the same if thing. If that's that confusing to you, then I just don't respect you. Get way off topic here to be <clears throat> about the timeline thing. People said the same thing about the first season of The Witcher. They couldn't understand the timeline. Dude, yes. don't even get me started on the freaking Witcher. I that makes me mad. That <laughs> whole situation because I played the video game. Yeah, but that <laughs> the um, timeline jumping because it's not done right. No, I Nolan did it right in yeah. Dunkirk. The yeah. way he time jumps and the way he ties things in is done right. It's so fleshed it, it's out. It's so it, it's really really smart the way he does it. But I would probably put Dunkirk in a in a high high nine like a nine seven nine eight situation. Dunkirk is fantastic. And I and so that's not even a ten. And that's that's arguably there. one of my favorite movies. I wouldn't even put, I wouldn't even rate Goodfellas a ten, and that's my favorite movie of all time. So. It's hard. You, I mean, how do you write? It's so hard to rank something as a ten because then wasn't that hard for Vinny? I was gonna say it's easier to like. <laughs> no, because <laughs> if, if something comes out that's better, is that also a ten? No, I'm going with but, the one bite know. like pop policy here. You know, with the, you can't if you rate it a ten and something's better than there's you a difference that one down or is then your favorite film of all time and the best film of all time. I okay. would not critically the critical part of my mind is not going to say that Sweeney Todd is a masterpiece of 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 cinema. I so would it's a say personal it's, it's a personal time. Yeah, that's all right. the, 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 all right. all the right. whole all thing is a personal score. That's thing. fair. All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but even in my personal score, I'm still a filmmaker that's going to look at the technical aspect, so I, I have to take that in consideration. I can name a 10, like, personally. I, 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 I would say Dunkirk is probably one of the closest. All of my 10. 10s, Emily hates, by the way. <laughs> if you... Because I guarantee you Birdman's on that damn list. I hate... You hate Birdman because you're being pretentious. Oh. Birdman no, is pretentious. You're being, like, you're being like pretentious Birdman. about people being pretentious, which is almost worse than the original <laughs> pretentious. I'm not being pretentious about people being pretentious. I don't like movies about actors who are griping about being an actor. But that's the story, though. I, it doesn't mean I have to I just like saw it. saw her forehead twitch. <laughs> so no, you don't have to like it. You yeah. don't. That's you don't. You're absolutely right. Flying I can't out of her head. fucking stand Birdman. <laughs> like, it's a, up there with Citizen Kane. Tell us how you really scale. feel. Yeah. I had a 24 by 36 poster of Birdman in my bedroom. Nice. That's how much I loved it. And she's yeah. like, I want to tear this down. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't just take it upon herself to tear it down. I'm not. I Listen, I may be a shade queen, but I'm not a complete bitch. Okay. I'd be like, that's just not. Me. Don't, don't. <laughs> I just, don't. that just made me think of the Star Lord line from Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> when he's like, and I'm quoting here that he's not that he's a dick, but not 100 percent an asshole. Yeah, that's me. I was like, or it's one or the other two. I that's that's me. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your score? Did you get one? Yeah, seven, 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 three. That's right. You're breaking yeah. my no, heart. No, I'm seven, three. No, he's seven, seven, three, seven, nine. That's right. You're both breaking my you heart. You said yours. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't so much like the main. It wasn't like Bane or Batman. I think. I think those were done as well as they could be for what the story was. It was all the side stuff that just kind of didn't seem like. 
Like the whole Joseph Gordon-Levitt deal? Thank you. That whole thing with Robin just felt shoved in there. Is that because they had plans to expand the universe after that? That's how they made it seem. And then they just like, oh, by the way, nope. Or, Or is it like a nice epilogue? I, listen, where we I, where, where the city so of I argue be. that it's like it's probably Nolan's Nolanized realistic version of a Robin, and I think him throwing that little thing at the mm-hmm. end was just like, a, oh, like tip, I think that was fan service. So the thing at the though. end, I think, was fan service. When you sure. look at the cat, like the thing is, what's his name? John Blake, right? Mm-hmm. His name's John Blake. Yes. Yeah. Um, Dick Grayson's full name in the comics, not originally, but it eventually becomes Richard John Grayson. And this character is come does come from the um The Orphanage. The Orphanage, where it's very possible his name could have been changed. Those are the arguments some people make where his name could have been John Grayson. The other thing is there are parts of his backstory that also line up with Tim Drake. So he's kind of a Robin hybrid. He he is a that's been said. There he are parts is a of Robin his hybrid. there are parts of his origin story that line up with Tim Drake. There are parts of his origin story that line up with Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson in the original Nightwing rung, his his day job is a, a beat it's, cop. Yep. So that way he can get a yep. foot up, you know, some the foot up on the mm-hmm. crime. So there are bits and pieces of it, and he just kind of I don't believe that it's his version of Robin, more of an homage to Robin. Yeah. That's how it felt. Because I don't, like, if you wanted to make your realistic Robin, you could have at least just given the fucking blatancy of giving him one of the four names of Robins. Yeah. You could have made him Tim Drake. You could have made, you couldn't make him Damian Wayne. That That option's out. take the attention away from the story. Exactly, which is fair. Which is fair. So I have no problem with it, but I I don't count him as a Robin. Uh, I say, let's take a break and then we'll go into this because I have facts. Fair. Okay. All right, what's up, guys? As everyone knows, this season we are on YouTube. Last season we weren't, and I got to be honest with you, we kind of we were dressing like shit a little bit, you know? We weren't worried about what people saw. We were wearing pajamas. We had Anthony coming in wearing whatever sweats he wore to work that day. Half the time I'd roll out of bed and show up to the studio. But now the people are going to see us, and we got to look fresh. We want that fine Italian fucking material. That's right. We're talking Saatchi Di Dinero. Streetwear brand from Long Island, New York. The gear is fire. It looks good. Right now, I got the M5 Motivated Money Making Monday morning hoodie on, okay? You're going to be able to get this and so much more at SachiDDenero.com. Promo code HAVOC is going to save you 10% off. That's S-A-C-C-H-I-D-I-D-E-N-A-R-O.com. H-A-V-O-C. Promo code HAVOC gets you 10% off. Always authentic, never counterfeit. Sachi Di Dinero. All right, what's up, guys? We're back. Emily's got some uh, internet research and facts about the film for us now. All right, so um, director was Christopher Nolan. The writers were Jonathan and Christopher Nolan for the screenplay, Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer for the story, and Bob Kane for the characters. Cinematographer was Wally Pfister, and this was actually his last film that he was a director of photography for. After this, he went on to solely just directing films. Um, music by Hans Zimmer, which we have to talk about. This also was um, the first Batman film that he didn't partner with, blanking on his the other composer's name right now, that worked on the Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Um, they asked him to come on this film and he uh, said he didn't want to feel like a third wheel because Nolan and um, Hans had just done Inception together. 
and they had massive success with that. So he felt a little weird coming into this one, so he chose not to. Editor was Lee Smith, who is... I James mean, Newton Howard. Thank you, James Newton Howard. Um, Lee Smith, he's used for majority of his stuff from, I think, starting with Batman Begins, He's and then he's used him since him. He's pretty much been his sole editor. I'm pretty sure he did Dunkirk, and I definitely I totally did Inception. What? I totally know all of this information. Do you? Oh, look at yeah. you. Um, good for you, Jojo. You got yourself a girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> that was perfect. Sorry. Oh my god. I couldn't help myself. Um cast Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne, Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon, Tom Hardy as Bane, Joseph Gordon Levitt as Blake, Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle, Marion Cotier as uh, Miranda Tate, Morgan Freeman as Fox, Sir Michael Caine as Alfred, Matthew Modine as Foley, Alan about about aboutable. Don't as Dr. Pavel, I that's that's a rough one. I'm not even sure. I apologize to that actor's name because I just butchered <laughs> that. Um, but this was the hardest thing about being a teacher, too, which I feel like you can probably turn around. Like having like walking to a class you don't know and getting the list, and you're like, who named this this child? Like who or calling somebody by the wrong name. A look of I'm not this person. Or they like they just don't raise their hand. And it's like, listen, you know I'm calling on you. Can you please just you raise with, your hand? You with the red shirt. Exactly. Answer my question. Um Ben Molderson as Doggett and Byrne Gorman as Striver, who I love Byrne Gorman. Oh my god. Sorry. What happened? Internal thought. Just something clicked in my head. About one of the actors? Yeah. What was it? Ben, it's isn't it Ben Mendelssohn? Ben Mendelssohn? Oh, what the fuck I say? Uh, Molderson. Ah, uh, yeah, listen to me. Oh, First yeah. off as Doggett? Yeah. He I plays was like, oh my he god. Plays, uh, he was in uh, Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and he's, he's also He's also the Cree guy. Yeah. Ready Player One too. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the the main Cree guy in that, uh, Captain Marvel. In, in Captain Marvel, yes, he's, he's everywhere. He's the one who was he's, who, he's the one who's been secretly playing Nick Fury for God knows how long on Earth. Yes, that's been. Um, he's yeah, also Ready Player One. He's the um, yep. yep, the I the Iowa guy. The Iowa guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that guy's a career heel. Which honestly, that's another that's one we should do because we're both massive fans of the book. So we're I have. Did you like that movie? Oh, Loved gonna, it. I did, I'm going to destroy Loved. it on you. I'm going to destroy your hopes Loved and dreams it. with that movie. Um, right. Listen, just like you fine. destroyed mine on this one. <laughs> one time was 164 minutes, two hours and 44 minutes. Rated PG-13. Locations was India, England, Pennsylvania. As we said, uh, Pittsburgh was where it was mostly filmed. Scotland, California, New York, New Jersey, Wales, and... Fucking where in the world is Another, San Diego? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> one like like not Iran, but one of the one around one of them that Middle Eastern countries. Yeah, who which gives the I'm not even one sure what I wrote. Yeah, one of the stands because oh, wow. it's definitely a stand, but I couldn't tell you what letters are in this. Um, release date July 20th, 2012. Budget was 250 million estimate. Wow. Box off. It makes sense. Was it Uzbekistan? Honestly. It was Uzbekistan. Look at you. Um, Box office was 161 million, worldwide one billion. I was gonna say. Did yeah. they make a profit domestically? The first one you said was it higher or lower? Uh, I didn't write the world, the just the U.S. I just wrote down the U.S. box weekend box office. Yeah, the weekend, oh, weekend yeah. box office. Yeah, yeah that's just that the weekend. One, yeah, because yeah, no. I thought the same thing. And she yeah. said 161. I was like, that is tragically low. But no. then I, it clicked when she said one billion. Opening weekend. I'm like, okay. That yeah, no, no, no. I, I do. Yeah. I do. Because honestly, like. 
I could I could do all those numbers because there's so many numbers, but I really just feel like opening weekend is what counts and worldwide. Oh, yeah, worldwide. worldwide. That's really all that matters. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I do. So 161 for opening weekend, which that's pretty that's solid. Pretty yeah, that's pretty I, that time. Yeah. For 2012, yeah. like Avengers that's came out in that same year. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so wow. did uh, one of the mocking, uh, one of the mocking oh, Jay. One, Jay, was yeah. it mocking Jay? Part one. Uh, it was one I, of them. One of them. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, one billion worldwide. The camera was the RE Flex Panavision IMAX and Vista Vision. Uh, they wa- this was the first film that no one tried to like theoretically try to shoot in completely an IMAX. But at the time, the IMAX cameras were still very loud. So he couldn't do the close-ups and the dialogue with the IMAX cameras. So everything, like exterior and wide shots and all that stuff, anything he could do IMAX was shot with an IMAX camera, which now is Nolan's thing. He did Dunkirk completely in IMAX. That was the, I believe it was the first film to be completely shot on IMAX. Am I right it on was that? The, it was his first. And it was his what first. What we were saying before, uh, I think The Hateful Eight was, the, was before that. That was shot completely. That was shot completely in seventy millimeter IMAX. Okay, yeah. So that, yeah. but that was of course they, Tarantino did it. Yeah, those yeah. were right around the same time. But he he really wanted to do it this one. It just was not possible. They actually won no awards, and it was nominated for no awards. And this was the first time since like I have it written down. I'll get to it. But I, this is the first time in a while for Nolan to not be nominated for anything. So some facts. Uh, Nolan considered CGI. And unused footage to briefly appear the Joker, but felt um, it just would disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah, what it was. He just kind of felt it would be just dis- completely disrespectful for all that. Hardy is five nine, has to wear three inch platforms. Like I said earlier, the first for the fil- no, the first film is based in fear. The second is based in chaos, and this one is based in pain. And that was the running theme for um, throughout the the series. Hardy accepted the role without reading the script. Um, Hardy said it felt like I was beating up my childhood hero when he had to fight Batman because he said he was a massive Batman fan as a kid growing up. So he said it was a little tough. Um, The line, that's a lovely, lovely voice was improv. So that's what it feels like directly from Kingdom Come. But uh, it's Superman. That's when Selena Kyle jumps off and leaves him on the, the roof. And he's like, oh, so that's what it feels like. Yeah. So that's a direct line from Kingdom Come. Um, there's a couple direct things from a, diff- a couple different comics in here. Tom Hardy had to gain 30 pounds for the role. Yeah, yeah. Um, mostly in muscle, obviously. Yeah, he looked absolutely he yoked was, in that yeah, movie. Was was, I remember when they were showing like the preset. Like the, look look the, at me. Everybody look at me. Steroids. He was on all of the steroids. Oh, sure. All, so? 100% all of the steroids. Human growth hormones. You don't go. You don't grow thirty pounds of muscle like that by eating fucking chicken and rice and doing push-ups. <laughs> the man was on all the animal. The they say he was on all the D ball, all the tests. Uh, apparently, he he was on like a crazy. Chris Pratt, Star working. Lord, steroids. Yeah. Oh, because look at him before that. He was in Parks and Rec before that movie. A fat but didn't, he, yeah. didn't he do training for like a long? Well, well, he he had started weight loss before that, and then he got the role, and then they put him into training for the role. Yeah, and the the training. So he was already losing weight, and then yeah, he was losing weight throughout train- Parks and Rec too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was losing weight throughout Parks and Rec, and then he got the role, and it was like, all right, stick this needle in your ass and work out a bunch, dude. He's you, gonna be ripped. You know what? Someone probably like Wasn't said that to him. Ripped. Wasn't that ripped? He was like pretty tall. Bane but... was well, jacked. no, Bane, yeah, no, that's that I could believe. Jacked. Jurassic Park, Jurassic he was Park, also, freaking yeah, ripped. Yeah. Um, but I guarantee you, someone turned around to him and said, "You could be a leading man 
if you got in shape. Yeah. Oh, for and sure. that's yeah. that was it. Yep. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you if someone turned around to you and said, Oh yeah, you can make ten thousand dollars an episode, or you can be a multimillionaire if you stick this knee on your arm, you're like, yeah. I mean, ten thousand dollars an episode and I get to eat Taco Bell, I'll take that trade off. We're different people. <laughs> we are different people. Hey, listen, you do enough episodes, you get to a million. Yeah, I could do a movie for <laughs> you know five months and uh Yeah, that's fair. Be an A-lister. Anyway, back to the notes. Um, no one won Cotier so much. He modified schedule because she was pregnant because she originally turned it down because she was pregnant. She just said, I can't, I'm pregnant. And he said, you can, don't worry. Um, she actually started filming one month after giving birth. And the last month of filming on this, she was flying back and forth to France because she was filming a film in France. Um, I forget which um, which French film it was. Hathaway uh, originally thought she was auditioning for Harley Quinn, and she said she wanted this role so much that when her agent called her about hosting the Oscars, she thought it was the call that she got Catwoman, and she uh, cried <laughs> that she did it. And then that same week, apparently, she got the phone call that it, it, she got Catwoman. Bane's coat is meant to make him look dictatorial and revolutionary, and it's based in uh, French Revolutionary. Yeah, a lot of this. A like lot that. of this movie is based on the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this movie is heavily, heavily based on Tale of Two Cities. Yes, that's oh, okay. a, a known fact. They directly quote it. Yes. So do. it's fucking Gordon, right? Yeah, he reads from the yeah, book. Directly quotes. Book, yeah. Tale of Two Cities. And also, they have a scene um, with the kangaroo court where Bane is knitting, and he's. Uh, that's a direct tie to one of the characters who knits while she's watching the public guillotines happening. Um, let's see. Tom Hardy describes Bane as abs- an absolute terrorist. He's brutal, but also incredibly cr- uh, cynical. In fact, that he has a result-based and oriented fighting style. The style is heavy-handed, heavy-footed. It's nasty. It's not about fighting. It's about carnage. Which I think is kind of interesting. I'm, which also, like, he's a mercenary. Like, you have to think of, like, where he comes from. I think it's kind of fitting of his character. Each movie is 12 minutes longer than the last. So, like, that is something. I, I don't know if that was purposely done, but it, it, it just is. So, in this movie, in the movie, uh, yeah, in this movie specifically, there were six, six Oscar winners, three nominees, including and then including Gyllenhaal in like behind the scenes, like cut footage that was in like um, alternative stuff in the special credits or whatever. And uh, the picture of her, it would be 10 nominees altogether, which brings us to the highest number of, of Oscar nominees in a superhero film to date. In this oh, wow. movie? In this movie. I thought you just said before it wasn't nominated for anything. No, the actors. No, the actors. The, the people. How many the Oscar, ma- nominees, nom- were Oscar nominees were in the film. Oh, oh. So gotcha, gotcha, it, gotcha. It's, it's a total... So Christian Bale was a winner. Michael Caine won. Morgan Freeman won. Gary Oldman has won. Marion Cotier won for uh, La Vie en Rose. They're all former winners or former nominees. Yes. Yeah. Got, I got yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, and then Anne Hathaway. And then the three Oscar nominees were um, Tom Conti, Liam Neeson, and Tom Hardy. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal was also nominated. She was in our like archive footage, and and she had the picture of her. So they it brings it to ten. But even without her, it's still the highest, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I mean, honestly, this is there. This is a massive cast. Well, There's a lot of yeah, names. It, at, at the time, it was you know being cast in that Dark Knight trilogy was you know it was pretty huge, and they were getting you know Dark Knight itself got so many good reviews and yeah. so much praise. That when it came out that he was going to do a third movie, I'm sure there was no shortage of actors to line up to do that. Oh yeah, I, 
Well, I mean, Dark Knight, they had all but already nominated Ledger yeah. right after the first trailer came out. Yeah. Before the movie was out, they had practically people, yeah. already nominated Ledger. Yeah. The yeah. Same people that said he wasn't going to be able to pull it off. Like, when yeah. the movie was coming out, they were like, that guy? No. Like, he can't be the Joker. And then... Well, they killed him, so maybe he couldn't be the Joker. Ooh. Yeah, but did that kill him? Or yes, I think so. I, yeah, I think he it was, was, technically it was the meds and shit that he was on. But I think I playing, mean, he, yeah, he is a method actor, and they did say he got very deep into Jack, his role. Jack Nicholson said it that playing the role, like, you, but make sure you're ready because it's gonna do some fucked up shit to you. Yeah, yeah. and like get to get yourself to that point has to like. It's dark. No, no, it's, it's a dark. It, it, you have to take yourself dark. to a dark place every yeah. day for four months. I won't lie. I had concerns about Joaquin Phoenix. Like I did too. They said he was a miserable fuck. Too. Yeah. They were saying because he wasn't eating. Yeah. They no one like no one could eat if he was on set. They wanted to put meals out because he would lose his fucking. Oh mind. my god! Wow. Yeah, it was that bad. Actors, but, man. Yeah, I mean, method actors there specifically. I mean, not to bring up you know that guy, but Jared Leto said the same thing about playing the character, and he was playing a completely different version and interpretation of it. I like Jared Leto. Yeah, that's not an argument for today, but I have no problem with Jared Leto's Joker. That's fine. I'm just saying some people don't, so I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to tread, you know, tread carefully. And honestly, I I love Jared Leto. I think he's he's a great actor. Super talented. He was phenomenal. Also, a school visual arts alum. Mm. I was going to say, I thought you were going to bring up 30 Seconds to Moss. And 30 seconds well, of, I love yeah. 30 seconds of That's Mars. what I was so getting at with the with triple that. threat. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love that man so much. Act, um, sing, play music. It's phenomenal. So Batsuit was 110 separate pieces. Bane's red helmet and the brown jacket was a nod to Jason Todd. And also having like DC uh, delivery. Like when he's delivering the stuff, it's DC something on the back. Killian Murphy is the only villain to appear in all three movies. Um... Nathan Crowley approached it as an actual military project when designing the um like military gear and stuff like the that. Bat-copter. That was used. yeah, all that stuff, the bat and the the motorcade and stuff like that. Blake talking about the giant alligator was a nod to King Croc, who um Bane breaks King Croc's arms. I think it's in Kingdom Come to get to it might be nightfall. Or it might be nightfall. One of them, he I know um Bane ends up breaking Killer Croc's arms to get to Batman. The stadium scene was shot during a massive heat wave and everyone was in coats and everything like that. Um the plane used during the CIA scene actually crashed a year later. Just kind of messed up. I saw that. I was like, wow. The first draft ran about 400 pages. Oh my God. Dude, I read that. I don't know what the final script count was, but I read that and I just went, Released a Nolan cut. I would have been like, this is three films in one or is this all three or you're just giving me one? (laughs) Like that never got filmed. That probably never left him and his brother. That 400 page one. They probably got finished it and went, well, that's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, like, um, could you imagine? You'd kill me. I, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine you, that. If I turned around and said, dude, I got 400 pages. You got to cut it down. If dude. it takes me five minutes to open up the document, I'm sending it. I'm just going to delete it. Send it right back. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I'm, I, if it, I want it to take me 30 seconds to open, not 10 minutes. Yeah, dude, I don't even know what I would do. I wouldn't. I don't think I could read it. I might read it, though. If it was Batman film, I'd be like, give it to me. Like, I, let me consume that entire thing. Um, Longest Batman film to date. Um, although it's not including like 
like re-releases or alternate like you know like um extended versions or anything like that it's just in theaters nolan's uh second longest film interstellar is his first an extra was actually arrested stealing an unmarked police car for a scene caused a big thing the police didn't believe him that it was for this movie so he ended up getting arrested and they had to bail him out <laughs> Jessica Biel and Kate Mara were both screen tested for Catwoman. There was a bunch of other names thrown into the list at audition, but they were the only two that really screen tested. Only Batman movie where the final battle takes place at dawn. The rest of them all take place at night. Cotier dubs herself in French for the French and the Canadian films. I mean, why wouldn't she? Nolan's first to complete a Batman trilogy and the second superhero trilogy. Raimi was the first with three. Yeah. Tickets were sold out six months in uh, advance, which I remember that. First time since 2002. Oh, that's what it was. Um, it was the first time since 2002 to not receive uh, an award or nomination for a film. Wow. So, yeah. That's pretty wild. That's, that's, yeah, that's, hell, yeah. that is, that is that's a 10 long years. streak to be broken. 10 years. You've never received one. And this is now. the one that, which yeah. honestly, I think if I argue if Heath Ledger didn't die, then it might it may have gotten awards, but because the Dark Knight was held at such a high regard that this one could never compete, nope. it could ne it just could never compete. But you know what? It's almost like I, I know you're gonna hate this example, but The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. Um, I I see you rolling your eyes. <laughs> if that mystic of Don Corleone, I, I I know the circumstances are different because Marlon Brando wasn't didn't die, but he just refused to show up for production for like the scene in the second movie. And I think it almost adds to it in a way. Like he, I know it was probably because he's like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Um, he didn't show up for that last scene where they all were coming in for a surprise party. Um, but Dude, I've never seen any of those movies. Oh, well, there's a spoiler alert. <laughs> really? um, no, no, it's fine. But you're looking at me like I'm supposed to be fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like The Godfather. But like that ending scene of the second film, you know, it's, it, it's just on Michael. And he comes in. I I'm, I'm I didn't even I didn't even hear. I that. didn't. I, I'm looking right at you. It's Brent. just an yeah. exchange. We're of here. Yeah. We're here. We're here. I'm not. I just ignored that, oh, like piercing strike to my heart. I do like the second one. I like the flashbacks. But For the first time in my life, I like flashbacks. As long as you said you didn't yeah. like the third one. Like that ending scene yeah. is so impactful because he's not there, and I feel like it's the same thing, in a way, with the Dark Knight Rises because even though the Joker is not mentioned or even talk like he's not talked about at all we don't see any pictures mm -hmm. or, or uh archive footage of him you still feel his presence mm -hmm. and i think that just talks about how like heath ledger killed it oh, alone like on that president like it's it's amazing but what nolan was able to do with that character and how he had such an impact on a film that doesn't even mention him is yeah. it's pretty impressive yeah so i liken the heath ledger deal to biggie or tupac or even big l in the aspect of Biggie and Pac are in everyone's top five, mm -hmm. right? That's great. Biggie died at 23 and Pac died at 24. They never lived long enough to keep making, like Eminem has been, is 50 and he's continued to make music and he's had flops. Mm -hmm. Eminem's yeah. just the guy I go to because he's got a deep library. My point is Biggie and Pac didn't live long enough to, po to potentially flop. Had Heath Ledger played the Joker again, we could be talking about this character completely different. So yeah. it's not, I, I'm not necessarily playing the argument that people only cared about it because he was dead and he's the first, I don't know if you had that in your facts, he's the first posthumous uh, Oscar winner. 
I didn't actually, but I, I was um, going to mention it. I haven't written down, but I there don't. Was a lot of I don't percent put it on that. But there's like the bench. There's no. He died. So you know, had he played this character again in one more movie, he could have potentially destroyed his own legacy. Right. So that's kind of. It's not that I want to take it away from him. The same way I don't want to take anything away from Pac or Big. But they didn't live long enough to potentially fail. Do you think that they died the heroes? Yeah. They didn't live long enough to see themselves become Correctly. the villains. Right. Do you think that that like <laughs> that measurement of who's the greatest of all time? I I, I do agree. But it is a little bit unfair because you, you're of not taking course. into account all the artists and people that came out afterwards. So it's like, would you say that instead of that, you'd say who's the best of of that period until that period of time, 1992, 1993. Then I well, I'll say, go. I yeah. I would differentiate it by give me your top five all time and your top five alive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Any other you know, facts you got on that? Uh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, uh, I just saw the book as you were holding it down. It's pretty pretty uh pretty. There were so there were so many notes. I mean, there are, honestly, Nolan's films always have a lot of notes because he talks a lot about his films and his his way of thinking. It's Christopher that. Nolan. He's I he's one, honestly I would he's one of my favorite directors Christopher Nolan. You can see the fangirl. I yeah I am I'm fangirling over him I can't <laughs> help it. Um, so this movie has in addition to its writer producer and director which was Nolan, this movie also has Jessica uh, Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt Tom Hardy Killian Murphy Marion Cotillard and Michael Caine who all appeared in Inception. He is someone who does like to recast Tom Hardy Killian Murphy also appear and actually Michael Caine is also in Dunkirk. Michael Caine is the voice of the pilot. I was going to say, who was he? He talks to the pilots. But That's a little looser of a connection, I'll, unless you want to say that he pulled him from Dark Knight to do those films because he'd been Alfred since 07 or whatever. When he... Michael Caine had already been cast as Alfred since Batman Begins. No, I'm saying, I just said Nolan likes to use Oh, actors. yeah, yeah. Like, he likes to use like, actors. Because there's a couple of people from this movie that came after inception into the batman nolan verse like hardy yes oh no Tom. no i agree with that so that's um, what i was just that that connection's a little unless he brought michael Caine in from batman to do inception, he brought michael Caine in from batman to do inception but he brought well, marion in from inception. In the prestige? Yes. what wasn't michael Caine in the prestige was he in the prestige? I think he was in the prestige. Oh, uh, my! Honestly, I think Nolan has worked with Kane before. Yeah, the like the span throughout the like career wise. Yeah, was, I think he shifts him. He shifts people around. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but he definitely, definitely likes to do that. Um, there's 112 minutes of IMAX footage, which I think to at the time it was probably one of the most. What's the, uses. What was the total runtime? The total runtime was uh. Two forty four. Two forty four. Yeah. So that's, it's it's for its time that was a lot because close the, to half. Yeah, uh, he's he really wanted to try and make this entire yeah. film. He just couldn't do it. Um, <clears throat> second longest superhero movie shown in theaters. Um, that's not including, like I said, releases or whatever. Michael Caine said this was the best experience of his life and the best um, series he's ever worked on. Wow, high praise. Yeah, high really high, praise. high praise. Brett Cullen, who was the congressman. Also plays Thomas Wayne the Joker. Shot over seven months. Um, Bane in the comics is between about 6'8 and 6'11. So they Hardy's like a lot. It's not the only it's not the only place we missed a mark on Bane. We're gonna go through that. It's not the only place they aesthetically missed a mark on Bane. No, but I also you have you know, let me go through the notes first and then we'll go through that. Because it's I'm I could talk about that for a while. 
No one. I could do the whole podcast just telling you my problems with Bane. I know you could. <laughs> no one said he was done with Batman, but would do another superhero film. Uh, oh, Christian Bale said he would not. That's what it was. Christian Bale said he would not appear in these movies if Robin was around. Like if he, who? If Robin a- appeared in the films. Oh wow. Um, and really? Nolan didn't necessarily disagree with it. He said that he felt it would undermine the dark tone. Oh yeah, of course. And that's why they have John. Blake yeah, they have the character they, that they do. Yeah, because mm. that was supposed to be. It wasn't that it was supposed to be Robin. It was supposed to be Nightwing. It was supposed to be yeah, that, yeah. your origin to Nightwing. There was never supposed to be a Robin, and that's why. Like, I I would love Nightwing, to see- Robin, lipstick on a pig. He, yes, but no, because in Nolan's verse, it's not lipstick on a pig. Because in Nolan's verse, Robin doesn't exist. Robin is Nightwing because Robin is the name of the person, not the superhero. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's he doesn't train under Batman. And that's the, I would love to see Nolan take on Nightwing in this fashion because I think, it, I think he'd do really well with it. And I just think it would be a really interesting take on this character that has always just been Batman's lackey and has fought to be his own superhero in Nightwing, which I think he does stand up. In- we have a good Nightwing in, in live action right now. In the show, but yeah. I, I want Nolan. I don't want a live action. I want Nolan. I, weren't there rumors that they were going to do it years ago? Like, yes. like fan yeah, 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 going yeah. around. There was when the movie originally yeah. came out and that they had that name slip, people were like, oh, it's going to be that. And people yeah. like, oh, no, it's going to be Nightwing. It's going to be sick. And the rumors went for years. And then yeah. I would have loved to see. I yeah. think that would have been really cool. Really, really cool. Um, so Tate said, you must invest if you wish to restore balance to the world. And that was already, that was hinting at her connection to the League of Shadows and Ra's al Ghul. Um, and then she also says, do it, you must do what's necessary, which is something that mm-hmm. um, obviously we all know is very much said in the uh, first film. When filmed the... Um, when they filmed the uh, death scene, they put Miranda Tate's name on the gravestone to conceal the ending. So they rechanged it, they changed it in post just to avoid any spoilers if anyone was on set um, that took pictures, any pictures leaked or anything like that. Oh, wow. They also dubbed over um, him saying Robin. So that wow. was, and that was done again to avoid spoilers. The ending was only spoken to cast members, it was not, not, not written. Uh, like the woman well, should say it wasn't written. It was written in script format and given to Anne Hathaway, Kane, and Bale. But for the rest of the cast members, they never got that. Meaning that little watching that deal. Yeah, they never they they never got that scene in the script that was just spoken to them that that was what was going to happen to avoid spoilers. They did uh, like the names were different and stuff like that. Everything was different to avoid spoilers for this film, which makes sense. I mean, it had such a high, um, you know. Um, eyes on it uh bane breaking batman's back was directly from nightfall uh an ascended scene shows um blake and bruce you know in the car scene when blake is driving mm-hmm. they sh- they had an extended scene where they have a little longer of a conversation and blake actually gets some cab fare money which i kind of wish they kept because i think that really would show something about where batman like where bruce wayne is at in that moment because he that's right after he Loses everything. He's he's broke. Mm-hmm. So I think that would have been a cool scene to see. Uh, Bruce is alive at the end. That has been confirmed. 
um, by Kane and Nolan that he did survive the atom. He did eject. It's not supposed to be ambiguous. I mean, you could take it ambiguous. It's supposed to be filmed ambiguously to kind of leave it like they did with Inception, where it's like you can take it how you want. We're not going to put it into your head. But, but it if was you're going to assume that he died, then how do you explain the scene at the end? That um, it was his it, fantasy. Like his yeah, it was in his grief. He was just yeah. seeing that. Mm. But it's it's not. That's, that's I always kind of took that as the fake your death and start life over and leave Batman behind. That's, well, they have the clean slate. That's yeah. Exactly yeah. What yeah, that's that. what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's see. No, I said no one felt one of films to stand alone. The only Batman movie uh, where he only tells Jim his identity. Like everyone else either figures it out mm. or finds out some other way. He only like really tells Jim. And even when he tells Jim, he it's doesn't really ambiguous. tell Jim though, right? What does he No, he kinda does because he says a hero could be anyone, including a man who puts a coat over a young boy's shoulder. Yeah, that's how. But he never says Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, he never that's but what I meant. The only person says, No, yeah, because then after Jim he says Bruce Wayne. Well, because the thing is, the only person that would ever know that that was said yeah. would be yeah, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but that's so. that's what I meant by saying it was that he doesn't. Yeah, he, he, it's ambiguous. He goes around, you know. Yeah, it's definitely an ambiguous um, um, moment, but it's it, it's like me. Oh, well, it's yeah, his way of telling him without telling him. Yeah, yeah because yeah. he ne well he he never wants to say to anyone I like think as Bruce Wayne that I'm Batman. Well, that, that that scene didn't that scene didn't take place privately, weren't they in a public space? Was, they were at the same restaurant that Alfred told Bruce right. that so he Right, so I think he to. did that so that not everyone else around him heard it. Only... No, only... no, when that's... No, 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 when that's said, it's right after Miranda Tate dies and they attach the bomb to the bat and Selena Kyle already knows his identity. Oh, okay. It's just right. Gordon and Selena Kyle. So that's when... Yeah. Right. And they're so having that mind. moment. That's yeah. why I was like, well, I, for some reason, I remember that scene being yeah. in a crowded place, but it's not. No, 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 it's yeah. not. Yeah, and then he says something to him like, if, like I'd love to know who, I, who I've been working with all these years. Or I think it was just like them that, too, right? because nobody else was around. Because it's right, bef already, it's right yeah. before he gets in the bat copter and flies yeah. off yeah. with yeah, the bomb. Because yeah, yeah. he says goodbye to... No, Selena Kyle is... Yeah, it's she leaves already. So it's just them? Yes. Yeah, she leaves. No, that, but that's what I'm no, saying. Yeah, no, she, like, that's, no, yeah, she was, yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. what I said that. Uh, I, I did just watch it this morning. This was like the last one I watched just because I love this one. Um, I watched it like three times this week, actually. <laughs> just the once was enough for me. <laughs> um, The Sit Back Kid, you're in for a show. That's directly from The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, which I would say is Probably one of my favorite Batman comics. So, I love the Dark Knight. Returns. While we're here, the, those are the three the script is based on. It's based on Nightfall. It's based on the Dark Knight Returns, and it's based on Kingdom Come. And Legacy. And like, I thought it was only the three. Well, it's really more. It's really Nightfall, the Dark Knight Returns, No Man's Land, and Legacy. Those are really one. And Kingdom Come has a couple moments from it. Not really. Honestly, Kingdom Come doesn't really have a few moments from it. The only real things from Kingdom Come are that moment with Selena Kyle where she disappears and goes, oh, that's what it feels like and that's some scene with Superman and the exoskeleton. That's really it from Kingdom Come. Right? Have you read Kingdom Come? Nope. I'm trying. It's been a minute since I read Kingdom Come but I'm pretty sure like it's just he's an older Batman, he's broken, he has the exoskeleton and that scene. There's not really any plot from Kingdom Come. Well, a lot of it's Nightfall because a lot of that is the Bane origin. Yeah. That was Bane's origin in the comics. I believe that was 93, 94 original run on Nightfall. Sounds right. And that was Bane's introduction to DC Comics and to the Batman universe. Yeah. So um, so this is the second time an IMAX camera was destroyed in a Nolan film. 
<laughs> so uh, the stunt double for Anne Hathaway on the motorcycle ran into it. Oh my god! Yeah, nice. no, it, it was heartbreaking. I was I was bad oh. stunt double. I forget yeah. what the other. Oh, the other one was on the Dark Knight. <laughs> I, two, two, yeah. two for three. Yeah. 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 Um. So I said Tale of Two Cities and Influence. Thomas Tull was um, the uh, was an executive producer, and he's the co-owner of the Steelers. So that's how they got oh, the yeah, okay. Steelers and the the um, stadium and everything. That's also part of the yeah. Reason. That was Heinz Stadium. Yes, it was. And it was the Steelers. And I'm not sure about the other team. I don't know how they went about that. But the Gotham City Knights or whatever they are is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, and you the- get a quick shot of. Ben Roethlisberger on the sidelines mm-hmm. with his helmet off. Heinz Ward, all-time Steeler great, is the guy returning the kick. He's the one that gets to the end zone and turns around and the whole field collapses. Mm-hmm. And anyone else who was on that Steelers starting like starting fucking special teams unit in the 2000... This came out in 2012, so I'm going to guess it's like the 2010 team, 2011 team. Around there. Anyone who was on that team is in this movie. The yeah. whole fucking team is on the sideline. Um. The other thing too made it easier was the uh, the flags they used were just the Steelers flags. They didn't have to worry about the colors. Yeah, the yeah uni- that's why they're the Steelers colors. Yeah, the uniforms were made by Under Armour. Cool. So that was something there. I wonder if they all kept it. I'm they sure they, could, they probably yeah. did. They probably sure. could have. The, Especially uh, if I'm Heinz Ward, you're like one of the only guys that actually gets like screen time. Yeah, I'm keeping that a, fucking yeah. thing. Doesn't he get a full on close up? I don't. I don't know if he gets a full on close up because he's got the it's helmet like mid- on the whole time, but he's the one running the kickback. So once he gets in the end zone, he turns around and the whole field is decimated. Behind. I remember seeing Ben Roethlisberger, that might, the quarterback. Yeah, that might have been when he returned. When he yeah, actually when, returned it. Yeah, well, he's he actually played. running. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah actually, he might have gotten yes, a shot. He does. Right you're right. When you're he catches it, right. and then when he runs, it's a mid shot. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say it ends in a mid shot. Yeah. Um. So Bill Cow Cowner Coward Coward. He's the Steelers coach. He nearly blew himself up. In front of 18,000 people because <laughs> they had rigged the field for the explosions of it breaking down. Yeah. And he was talking to them and he just walked into the minefields. And so he almost pulled Good himself fucking up, wow. which I could not have even imagined. And so then wow. um, the last note I have is Bane is the only villain that dies on screen. In this Ooh, movie or yeah. throughout the entire series? Throughout the series. Oh, apparently. You're right. What happens to Liam Neeson? Does he gets thrown off the train or something like that? Or, well, or the thing gets... is, is that the the deaths in the movies, besides Taya Ghul, which I guess they didn't consider Taya Ghul because she wasn't like quote unquote the big bad. She was kind of like the secret big bad. Um, because you actually do see her die on screen. Yeah. But she, you know what? She's not directly killed no, by correct. anyone. So yeah, that's why she does not count. She's, yeah. Um, Bane is directly killed mm-hmm. by Selena Kyle. Uh, everyone else is ambiguous because. Uh, Two Face. Does he? Do we watch I him die, get, or does he just get thrown? Do we see it after the fact? He gets thrown off the building, and then it's it's the end of Scary Face. Um, scary Face. Jeez. Um, I'm trying to remember. No, I. I just can't remember how Razal Ghul died. I. Well, don't you? Don't you see? Don't you see Two Face on the ground after he's thrown off he, the building? You do, but. And he like turns his head. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. It's and like you a see weird. The, and he, yeah. there's a shot of the coin too. Yeah, and like now I'm thinking about that. Like, I wonder. I guess he's the only villain to be, like, shot killed. Like he's he's the only like yeah. Even because even with Two Face, in a way, they he could have came back. Could have lived because yeah. even yeah, even Aaron Eckhart said he wanted to come back, and Nolan turned around and said, "No, Two Face is dead. We need him to be dead because of." 
the Dent Act. Yeah. Like, yeah. so, no, no, actually, you know what? They're right because there's no freaking chance of Bane calling him back. I mean, there is because. It's, oh, he was uh, blown but to But that's, hell. <laughs> yeah, like, it's very, and also, too, like, you know, his crab face was breaking and yeah. Yeah. he was in pain. So. Uh, that was a pretty awesome scene, though. It was. I just, honestly. So, while we're on this, what you said his crab face. Yeah. What exactly? No, nah, because it, it never really gets fleshed out, and I guess that's part of the. Is point. that it for the facts? That's all the notes I have. Yeah. What exactly is that? Like, other than the, what? Wh why do you wear the mask? What would happen if I take it's that like, off? They beat what the shit hurt? out of him, and it's the only. Yeah. All they say is that together. they beat the shit out of him, and then the the haggard doctors in the jail like how to put him back together, and the mask doesn't really. Other than it's it's seemingly helping him stay alive or whatever. It's, it's in the comic book. It's all he's got the fucking chemicals that run through his body. And I just checked because I was telling you the other day. I said, "Show me a comic book panel where Bane looks like that or even close to that." So I just checked Nightfall. He also in Nightfall has the Luchador mask with the red eyes and the fucking shit going yes. into the back of his head. No, like I know. So Nolan, which I said when we were talking about this the other day, comic as ter in terms of comic aesthetics, at the very least. The Batman and Robin Bane is fucking twenty times better. Wow, I thought you were in terms of aesthetics. Well, based on the source material, yes. but yeah. But as a compelling character, no. As a comp well, that's the thing. Bane isn't a compelling character. But they give him. He's they tried to make him a compelling I character disagree. and fleshed him out in this movie. But Bane, throughout the comic books, oh, oh, is not a movie. compelling he's character. A body. He's yes. a fucking yeah. He's no. a mercenary. He's a weapon. He's the fist of somebody else. He doesn't think for himself. He's, yeah, he's just a guy. Which is ultimately yeah. how it ends up is he's not really thinking for himself in this movie the end the whole way at, at the end of it anyway. It's really just whatever Talia yeah. Talia's plan yeah. mm -hmm. that he's executing for her. And one other thing that I will say about it is, we talk about this a lot. What makes a great villain is that they're the hero in their own eyes, right? Mm -hmm. That's what makes Thanos the ultimate villain is mm -hmm. because he thinks he's he's doing great. Right. And he's, you don't have that. At all, with Bane. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I don't necessarily though, because he does think he is doing. I, I think he fully eyes. believes. I think in, in he what fully, he's doing and what Talia wants to do. He is, is part of the League of Shadows. No, he is an no. exiled member of the League of Shadows. Right. Because his he, his ideologies were too radical for them. Right, but now Raz Al Ghul is dead, and Talia Al Ghul runs the League of Shadows. And that is her man. He now is back in. And she says it. The only reason he was excommunicated, the only reason my father excommunicated him was because he loved me. So now that she is in charge, you don't think like, yeah, okay, maybe he's not technically in the League of Shadows. They're all in cahoots. It's one the fucking same. Like I don't, I don't distinguish a difference in this movie about him not being in League of Shadows and and being in it because all of the people around him are League of Shadows members. His henchmen are League of Shadows people. They work for Talia. They're League of Shadows people. So and Talia is following through the work of her father. Right. Which makes Ra's al Ghul ultimately the driving force behind the bad guys in this movie. Right. But to say that Bane doesn't have any, like, he's just there. No, he is, he believes in this, this concept. He believes that... Gotham is a cesspool and and cannot be saved. I disagree. I think he doesn't think for himself. I think he loves Talia. I think and so. Talia I thinks Gotham saying. is a cesspool because her father did. I think ultimately we're talking about a guy who he got fucked up like that, saving little child Talia and making sure she got out of there, and then did the rest of his time in there 
creating an enemy of himself in the process and probably had to fight for his fucking life every day after that point just so that this little girl could survive. Then she comes and saves him. It's a life debt. He's just paying back the life debt to her that he owes her. But there's also that, but I feel like his, uh, his driving force and his motivation and his goals get kind of convoluted where you have him at first. He's like, I, you know, I am Gotham's reckoning. I am this, I am that I'm giving Gotham back to you, the people. But then there's also this plot of I'm fulfilling Razzle's destiny and I'm going to kill you all and just rebuild it myself. But which is kind of like Thanos, but then you also have the, I guess the ABCD, whatever the D plot of Bane, which is following along with what Talia is doing. So, which is sort of connected with Ra's al Ghul, but Talia is her own person. So you have these like four muddled uh, storylines and, and motivations that kind of make Bane's argument a little bit hypocritical because he's trying to do one thing, but he's saying another thing. Like it's either you fulfilling Ra's al Ghul's destiny or you are bringing re- well, reckoning to Gotham, being their savior. So here, back to them. here's the only thing that may, is his own idea, maybe that we, you know, from what we see on screen, that we could pull from it. The reason he's doing that, where he wants to give Gotham back to the people, even though he's going to destroy it anyway, is while you're in the bottom of the pit, you can clearly see your way out. And like every day, you see the sun come up, and just just right there, I can get out of here. But you're never you're gonna die trying. So it's the false sense of hope that he was given in the pit that he wants to give to the people of Gotham. That is the only ideology it's from what pain. we see. That's yeah. what it is. It's the pain that you're watching everyone go through. Your city. Okay, well, first off, can we talk about one of my biggest fears about living on the island or in the city is the bridges and tunnels blowing up. Yeah. Like that is literally cause you're fucking tra- we are sitting ducks on this goddamn island. And between the island and the city, we have something crazy of like close to 20 million fucking people that live here. It's something wild like because the city is like 8 million. Mm-hmm. And I think the island, including the Bronx and Queens, is something like 8 million. So that's about 16 million people. That's a lot of freaking people. So that's like one of my biggest fears. And to think about it too, if you take any character or even a side character, if you're just a person that lives there, you're not Gordon or Joseph Gordon-Love or any of these people, and your city is under occupation, that's pain. You 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 could try and swim. You you're scared. You just you you don't know if food's coming in. You you don't know who to trust. You don't know if uh you you're going with the reckoning or if you're with the cops. Like if you're someone like I guess us like we're I mean well your your family has cops in it. So for you in this type of situation, your mentality would more than likely be like, well, the cops need to get a hold of this. The you know the government's gonna help because like that's more like of what. Your mentality is versus someone else who maybe didn't grow up in that type of setting might say, like, I'm with the reckoning. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to kangaroo court and stuff like that. So, like, I think the I think pain is threat. We talk about pain with Batman's body in the very beginning. He's broken. He's crippled. Physically. He can't physical physically. Pain. It's physical pain. Yeah. We talk about his Alfred's emotional pain. And his mental pain at watching, watching Bruce his get, like, son literally yeah, kill himself. himself. Yeah. He's literally watching mm-hmm. his son slowly kill himself yep. by choice. By, um, yeah. mm-hmm. That was the heart of the film. Yeah. Yes, you know, no, it was. So, I agree. You know, and then you, we talk, you break down Bane. Bane's pain is not only physical, but it's also emotional and, and, and the trauma that him and Talia have gone through in their life. I mean, honestly, I, I think about it. I was thinking about it the other day when – I first saw the movie, of course, that scene when they when he saves Talia as a little girl yeah. is is emotional. 
I don't know why, but for whatever reason, that scene when I watched it, uh, not this morning, but the last time, was like traumatic for me. Like I like was like struggling watching. And it's not the scene when they first break in and they grab her. It's actually when he sits down with the, the child and he's like cradling her and you just see all the men running up. There was something just so painful. It was heartbreaking to watch that. And to I guess maybe because I'm a woman, so it's like to to think to like put myself in that situation, like the the fear and the just the pain of that is just horrendous and the pain of not of being scared for your child too because like you can't save her against thousands of men who are criminals who have never fucking seen a woman in god knows how long like so i i think the underlying theme of pain is really truly the driving force of every single character in this film so it's like yeah you could get like the motives get convoluted in terms of like what we're seeing in a weird way but at the end of the day it's not because it's all pain they're all driven by pain by a trauma traumatic pain emotional pain physical pain whatever it be they're all driven by pain i just feel like i feel i see your point and i see your point and just just watching it i tend to lean with 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 james on this just because i feel like the angle that they tried to put between um talia and bane where there's this like weird kind of love angle between them which you kind of get towards the end when she's kind of like monologuing a bit i feel like that any kind of personal vendetta or goal or drive that bane has is completely sucked out by that because now it just becomes well is he doing this because of how he feels about talia and how he wants to help her is it just that entirely if it's pain is it her pain is it his pain I feel like I feel like I think that their weird... pains are mirroring, and I think that's why it's convoluted because their their pains are very similar. I, I think it's also quite possibly like the laziest Nolan twist in a film in one of his films. I mean, I the never execution that made it. Yeah, like it, it was... I think I think that revelation. I put it in my notes. I think that revelation is ruined by that love angle that they tried to push between them. How it his, sidelines Catwoman. So. It 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 just. It feels like they forced that narrative in there because, and I don't, I don't see a justification. Like, okay, if that, because it's not overtly, you know, mentioned that there is a love between them. Like, if he specifically does, it's just kind of hinted at. It's danced around. If that's the case, where did that come from? They have a huge age gap. She was a kid when she got out of that pit. How did that develop? Is it fatherly? Is I don't it think. I, I don't think it's, think it's a romantic love. Yeah, I, think I, I think it's, it's more of a platonic yeah. love. Because she says, "Because then, because the, that's the, not the way she says it. That's not how it came across to well, me." My, at she all. says, "My friend, my protector." Like, yeah, she yeah. Says, like, my But then love. she like subtly says, "Oh, and the person he loves." Just the way she delivers that line, I don't get that feeling. I, I honestly, I think that's just because I think that's her. I think that's her essence. I think that's how she acts i i really do think that's that's actually marion i don't think that's a right but then the way that tom hardy acts opposite implies the same thing you know what though i the the age doesn't really bother me though because you know i mean that's fine i'm not saying that it's a bad thing i'm just saying how if that's if it's if it's not the way i'm interpreting it right if it is purely protector brother you know looking out for you know someone that you care about then the way that it's portrayed on screen 
and the way that it's acted and shot doesn't portray that. And if that's the case, I'm asking, where did that come from? I mean, how did that connection get there? I mean, also though, you could argue that like that pit is never explained to be specifically for people over eighteen. You know, so and and when did he get thrown into the pit? How old was she? Yeah, because like they just say she was a child, and based on that, she looks to be like I would well, argue. You see anywhere. him carrying her, and he looks like he's like. A he's okay. definitely a but, mature, grown man when yeah, she when she point. escapes. Yeah, and she's about uh, less than ten. But I, but here's here's I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. Devil's advocate. My Steve is six six. He's been a giant kid his whole life. The difference between Jack and him is Jack looks like a kid. He's tall and he's a big guy. But he looks like it. Steve did. Steve looked like a grown man. So we have an eight year age gap. Eight years when you're adults is really not that big of an age gap. But if he, let's say I'm seven years old and well, let's say I'm eight, he's sixteen. I'm gonna look like an imp in his. I look like an imp in your arms, and you're six two, and I'm twenty seven. You're twenty eight. I look like a fucking child. So I mean, like that. <laughs> like think about it though. Yeah, so it's no, like if it's, you do yeah. think about it in that aspect, like I, I think that's just being looked a yeah, little too. I think that's a small piece. I don't look into that that much. No, yeah, I, but I get it. I do I, understand what you mean though. I do kind of feel a little bit the same way. There are that that kind of even then, even if it is the protector, the defender. It still undermines his personal goals. It's still just tied to Talia. It doesn't explain why he's so like why Gotham, why this city, all of this stuff. It still just ties back to Talia and her dad and her relationship shadows. with Bruce is forced as well. Yeah, and it like is. I was saying, it, yeah. it takes. A they lot have a love. Them. They have a yeah. love scene, and there's Which no buildup. So it just happens out of nowhere. Well, this is so. Yeah, that that is one thing that I does wanted to bring me. this up I, because they they do. It's an interesting Nolan take on the whole deal here, right? Because they, she's the mother of Damian Wayne. Yes. They do, like, I don't know if they're ever wed, but they do. They have a very, a relationship. They have a very fleshed out, on yes. again, off again relationship, situations, all that, and they know each other very well. She's probably one of his biggest foils because she's a villain who is also a love interest consistently. And you get almost none of that. Yeah, I and I more- and I think it was an active choice. I literally I put in my notes um, at the time it was you know her, her name was Tate you know so I put Tate and Bruce love scene with almost no buildup weak sauce. I just didn't think it did anything I, for the movie at all. I'm curious to see it deleted footage. I'm sure I'm there's probably curious. some that, a little bit of exposition on that. That was there, one, there was one scene together before that. There was no buildup. Yeah, they were just talking, and all I, of a sudden the next scene it's like oh. And yeah. when you're watching this, very, very much to Nolan's plans, it's Miranda Tate. It's not Talia Al Ghul. Yeah, you don't. The first time you yeah. watch this, you you have no idea who she is. So that makes it it even, to give us that leaves yeah. even little to be desired when you consider that you don't even know that it's supposed to be a character that they have this robust love interest over the course of all of their media. If if they had sprinkled that, you know, hinted at it, you know, Easter eggs here and there, that she could be, I think it makes that scene. A lot better. A I, lot better. I'm really because I, I didn't look up the research on deleted scenes or anything. Like I, the only thing I really had was that 400 script thing. I'm very curious to see what was cut out because I have a feeling that there was probably a decent amount of development between Talia and Bruce that was cut out. I have a feeling. I have filming wise, not even the reason. development bef- between them though. Like we needed, and I know it's because no one loves doing the "ha gotcha bitch." You didn't see that one coming. He loves that <laughs> yeah. shit, so it's very purposely guarded. We're gonna keep the biggest 
You know, we're keeping the ace up the sleeve until the very end. And even they feed you that bullshit scene where the kid's running away. And then at the end, they give you the whole scene where it wasn't Bane. It was Bane who helped her leave. And it's really Talia. And it's just like we were talking about Sweeney Todd, where it's all fucking so fast at the end when you had time to flesh this out a little bit more. Now, I do. I like this movie. I don't want to see it like I gave it a 7-3. I do like the movie. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to come off like I'm passionate. I'm just saying it has its problems. No, no, I agree. It has problems. But my feeling too also is that they are very careful with how they handle talking about the child. It's always yes, the child. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, it's yeah. never yeah. once, you know, said the boy or the girl. I will say I completely, for, you know, for the first time through, you know, watching the movie, and I remember this, watching it in the movie theater and all of that stuff coming out, I was like, wait, What? Like it totally caught me off guard. So I, think I remember being like, "That makes all the sense." Well, I'm when sure the first time like, I watched I mean, it, I was I'm, like, I'm "That makes yeah, all the I sense." I felt the same way because, like, obviously they needed somebody. Well, to, it makes yeah. sense. Yes, I just didn't see it coming. I thought they did a good job guarding that. Well, I think that's, um, like you said, it's definitely a Nolan thing. But honestly, guarding her as Talia doesn't really bother me. I don't think it does no. either. I think it guarding her just, as Talia is fine. But if we're going to just guard her as Talia and ignore that, like not give any hints that she might be Talia, which we're not wrong, right? There's zero. There's none. They guard her. They protect her very well. No, No, they do. You could just throw away that little stupid love scene. No, they do have hints that she's Talia. Like? She She has the scar. She has the scar on her back. She makes the comments about, um, uh, she literally quotes him in saying, about the world um yeah but isn't that all towards the end of the movie no that's that's right no the, that's at the at the meeting that she takes over no, as ceo right no, no it's even earlier that it's at the masquerade ball uh, it's the first time he no, leaves uh, wayne manor that's how early it is that you're dropping hints that she is that, watching it again you notice the hints like, but that's a nolan thing though too yeah, nolan right, is yeah. one of those people that that no one every nolan film deserves my three rule my three watch rule because you well, i watched it three times so I, I know, but I'm saying like it, it, it becomes it, it a lot really more common. does. Yeah. It, it needs that because you need. There's so many little moving pieces and little things that he puts in place and little things that you wouldn't really catch. Honestly, this film needs a lot more than three three views to catch it all because there's so it's many. It's the most things, complex. Out of it is. Right. I will say it is. As I will say to give you know not to just continue you know bashing on the movie to give some some positive stuff here. I will say that up to. The point where Bane and Batman, Bruce, fight for the first time. Up until that point, I think that's the best scene in the movie. I think the that first, is one of the best fight, fight scenes. scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Best, best scene in the movie, period. Yeah. Just the 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 talking, the narration, the way it's shot, everything. I think it's so good. All the way up to the that part of the movie, you know. After that, you can say something else. I think the darkness will save you. Yeah. I have those quotes. I'm I mean, ready. It's, I am, I, I, it's the reason I'm why it's such a quoted thing is because um, that whole scene is so well done. I actually, there's a couple of my favorite scenes. The kangaroo court, I think, is very well done. I think the way yeah. they handled the mm-hmm. kangaroo court. I think killing Murphy with his little scarecrow accent. That was, yeah, that was the perfect choice. Love for that. Yeah. that. That was perfect. Um, and also too, I, I'm, I'm curious. I. I feel like I need to rewatch um, you know the movie The Red Eye where Killian Murphy plays a fucking crazy guy. No He's idea. trying to kill. Blank uh, slate here. No okay. So Killian Murphy to me is like one of the most wide-ranging actors I've ever probably seen. Agreed. And he is, he 
again, he's like a Tom Hardy. He's just at the top of his fucking game. He's one of the best actors I've probably seen in our generation. Tom Thomas Shelby, he has that that way about him that's great. This is such an interesting villain that he plays. And also in his English, his American accent, his voice is higher. It doesn't even sound so like him. Different. Doesn't even so sound like him. So many Brits though. So many Brits right. are like that. But I was, Tom Holland's the so same his way. His personality no. changes with with that. Like you watch Thomas Shelby and then you watch his uh, Scarecrow and Batman Begins. He's a totally different person. Right, so we but, call that acting, Vinny. But what yeah, I was well, thinking, <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not on the blanket statement. I'm saying, I'm saying, like you look at their, you look at his performance. Well, you got to be like that, James. Like, like you, like what you were saying. What's no, good about Johnny Depp is exactly the same as. Um, Killian, Killian Murphy, Murphy is on his way. When one That's of those, when acting. one of those three guys dies, Killian Murphy might get the next shape, like the become the, the third shapeshifter. He's not a shapeshifter though. That's the thing about yeah. Killian Murphy. He's not right. a shapeshifter. But he he's acts, just yeah. he's just that fucking good at acting. A so, chameleon. Yeah, he's a chameleon. Um, so the thing about him that I was thinking is because you see him in this and his voice is higher, but then there's a movie called The Red Eye. With Rachel McAdams and him, and he's playing this crazy guy, and he's trying to like kill her, and it's it's about literally red eye flight, and his voice is deep like Thomas Shelby as far as I remember, but it's not. He's Amer he's an American guy in it, so he did that specifically for this role, um, and it just I think that says something to his acting because he oh my god he's just so good. But, um, I have a question yes. quick, and we don't have to get too far into it. Just a simple question. Why is it seemingly so much easier for Europeans to do the American thing than Americans to do the European thing? I don't think it is. I think it's just that. Uh, I don't know. I don't have examples because I wasn't prepared for this, but I'll, we'll get back to you. We'll do a whole separate thing because okay. I feel like there's plenty of examples like of Americans that are do shit. Brit or Irish I accent. I do a terrible British accent. I, I mean, professional actors, right. though. Uh, I can but, name a couple uh, English actors or Australian actors that don't do great American accents. Are you going to say Margaret Robbie? I'm goddamn right you oh are. God. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, can't, I can't stand that. What about her Brooklyn one in Wolf of Wall Street? I, it's better in... It's, and her Harley Quinn. I fucking cannot stand that's, her Harley Quinn. As what? Uh, the accent. Just the as, accent. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, as a Brooklyn accent. As a Harley Quinn accent, though, that, like that's find me a Harley Quinn that doesn't sound like that. The like, animated you, series. Is the animated series any different to you? Do, does that yeah. one bother you too? Because I feel like her, I don't, to, right now, as long as she lives, I don't think anyone else can be Harley is Quinn. Is she playing Harley Quinn in the animated one too? No. No, no it's no. Kaylee Cuoco. So my. No, well, and uh, Tara Strong. She played her, her during the animated series. It's, I think it's the same voice. Because I was going to say, the one in the animated I sounds don't, way better. No, no because I, for me, it's a cartoon. The cartoons, for some reasons, don't bother me because it's a fucking cartoon. When you have, the accent, I think, still sounds better than... What? I, think the, I still think the accent that's in the show... I'll tell you right now. It's, I, you're talking about the Batman, the Batman the animated series from, like, 94? Yes. Or the current no, the Harley current Quinn one, show. Oh. The current that's Harley Kaylee Quinn. Cuoco. Yeah. I don't... I've never watched it. Uh, we've, I've watched okay. it with you in the room. I haven't paid attention. To me, her, that's... It's not bad, Kaylee Cuoco, but, like, you listen to it and it's not... Like, it's Kaylee Cuoco doing a voice. Do you like you the original animated series better than the one that they're doing now? Like, with Harley Quinn alone? Uh, I mean, hard to judge it. I would Batman the animated series. I'll put it up against any animated show. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty high. I mean, well, that's yeah. I mean, Mark that's Hamill's a childhood. Yeah. Um, Mark Hamill is the best Joker. Yeah, yeah I mean, do, do we have any I agree. more? I agree. Any more feelings about this before we take a break? Go into our awards. And I have talk a about I have a fun stuff? question to pose after What's we up? come back from break. 
Okay. Or do you guys want me to pose it now and you can think about it? You can pose it now. We'll yeah, think let's about hear it right now. Okay. So, um, in the you know when when uh, when Alfred you know originally is telling Bruce about his scene uh, where he's you know he goes to this cafe and he hopes that you know one day he'll look up and see it blah blah blah, and then later on uh, there's the the letter that um, there's the letter that uh, what's her face gives. Is is it? Uh, it's um, Rachel. Rachel gives Alfred. If Alfred gives Bruce that letter, does that change the scene that we get at the end? Does it change how that whole thing goes down? Meaning what? So, in if he gets that letter and he reads it, does he actually? Does he does he keep going? Is it is it Rachel that's at the cafe? Is it still Selena? How does that well, change the it, scene? In this hypothetically, would Rachel still be alive? Because she would still be get she would get blown up regardless if the letter gets to him or not. Yeah, yeah because he would have just been with her. Yeah, I think if he gets that letter, he doesn't spend the eight years between the two movies, basically being a hermit. Because essentially, besides the fact that there isn't a need for the Batman, he has spent these last eight years thinking that Rachel chose him and he just couldn't save her in time. So that probably changes the entire eight years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, I agree. But if that eight, eight years is changed, that whole eight years does, is different. He, does he still end up at that cave? I would say- the clean slate with Selena, no. all of that stuff, does no. that ending still stick? No. I, I think, think so I no. think if he gets that letter from Rachel f eight years ago at the end of the Dark Knight, if Alfred gives him that letter immediately, and the Dentax cleans up the streets and there's no need for Batman anymore, I think he leaves Wayne Manor in somebody else's hands to take care of it, and he fucks off. Yeah, I think he's into gone the a sunset lot because he never got that closure of being. Because if because if he wasn't still around when Bane shows up in Gotham, Batman would have been retired with the Dark Knight. Yeah. He, the only reason he's still in Gotham is because he literally finds no purpose in life if it's not Batman or Rachel. There's yeah. no need for Batman and Rachel's death. Which I do know for a fact that that is a cut scene. That conversation, there's a conversation between Alfred and um, uh, Bruce and you get a piece of it on Alfred's side, but you don't get Bruce's response. And Bruce says, um, like, it's something along the lines of like, the only thing that keeps me going is being batman like the, i live right. I'm, i live for batman Bruce yeah well that's, like, that's we're gonna get to it with the quotes but he said what are you worried i'm gonna get into a fight and he says no i'm worried you want to yeah what are you yeah. worried i'm gonna fight him and he goes no i'm worried that you want to right right yeah well there's there's a couple of those lines well but yeah we'll get, well, we're let's gonna go to the break drop the oy and focus on you this october with stay thirsty co's Droptober. that's right every week in the month of october brand new drops on top of this, the promo code HAVOC, H-A-V-O-C, is going to get you 15% off of your total order. That's staythirstyco.com. Droptober, new drops every week the month of October. It's going to be sick. You want to get it first. Promo code's HAVOC. All right, we're back. Time for the, as always, highly esteemed Rewind Awards as we always begin with Best Actor. We do the reverse Oscars here. We start with the, with the most important one. So... Like I said, fickle, fickle, fickle. Some people might be a little upset. Tom Hardy is the best actor in this movie. A hundred percent. All of the things that I said, all of my problems with Bane, I still think it is an amazing 
like his acting is great. He delivers a lot of good lines. As all the problems I have with it are not with Tom Hardy or the performance or his execution. It's all on the writing end and the psychological end of it. So bad on Nolan and his brother for the writing of the character to a degree. But Tom Hardy's acting is phenomenal. I I'm, can't give it to Bale. Hmm. I don't think it's even close. I don't even know who the runner-up is. Gordon? I would say, so for me, best actor, best performance in that was uh, Michael Caine. Oh, I you think, can say Caine. I think, I think so. he drives a heavy, a heavy center. Um, if you're going to say... You know, Tom Hardy is first. I think Michael Caine definitely deserves second. But I would, I would one hundred percent. The only reason, that. the only reason why I put Michael Caine ahead, and it's it's a dumb reason, but I, I can't stand Bane's voice. I hate it. I, that's a sound choice, though. Like that's no, the, it's, it's actually, it's, but it's but that is Hardy important. doing that voice. Yeah, yeah it so is. he's talking. Like and I, so he actually is doing it based off of a, a Irish. Romney Gypsy uh, boxer. Okay. Um, and that's kind of where he got that's the idea great. from and I stuff like that. Like I think it works. No, I oh, don't. I, I think, think I feel like some of the lines that are meant to be super heavy and land and resonate, resonate because of the way he sounds and not because of how good the line is and the dialogue is. So when he says, you know, you you were born in darkness, I was molded by. Oh, blah, I have blah, the blah. whole line written down. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great line, but everyone, I I I I am generalizing heavy here, but I think everyone remembers that because of how funny his voice was, not because of how good that line actually is. Oh, he's got. I think it's both. He's. I, I, that's I fine. I just it's. I don't. I think I give Michael Caine the edge only because if he had done a different voice, I think a lot of the dialogue lands better. You know where my argument lies with Hardy? And this is not the first time he's done it. He did it again in Dunkirk. If you have an actor who can portray what Hardy is able to portray with only his eyes. Not just Dunkirk. It's He does it in another one too, right? It's like a, the long-running joke is what's covering Hardy's face in this movie? Yeah, I mean... Well, Peaky when he doesn't really talk that much. In Venom. <laughs> Well, in Peaky, you can't even fucking understand a word coming oh, out of his mouth. No, the third but, one, the third big one is um, the the uh, oh, Mel Gibson remake, oh. Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, Mad yeah, Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so that's right. That's Mad Max. So Ever seen the originals? Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Road Warrior is one of my favorite yeah. movies ever. One so day, he good. looks at me and goes, you look like the feral child. <laughs> I look at him nodding. <laughs> And there is a theory. There is a, there is a theory that doesn't it doesn't necessarily track, but it doesn't not track that Tom Hardy in Fury Road is the feral child from Road Warrior. There's I a, love that. There's a theory. Oh, that's wow. cool. I, there's enough parallels that you can draw them together. Yeah. Honestly, if if me being a third, I'm just gonna run with that. I'm it, just gonna take that and go. I'm, if you Google it, there's enough redditors. They have, technically call, don't they call it a sequel? They don't call it a remake. No, it's not a remake. Yeah. It's, it's technically a sequel, but it is very heavily reliant on Road Warrior, yes. I feel yeah. like, um, in terms well, of I mean, Road Warrior if, is iconic. So. If yeah. you, if in your thought process when you called me the feral child, if you thought that my, like, glow up was going to be Charlize Theron, then I'm okay with that. But if it's not, then I'm still no, mad about that. No, it's Mad Max. I'm mad. Well, actually, Tom <laughs> Hardy, Mad Max? 
this? Yeah. You glow I'm up okay with Tom that. Hardy. You're going to be fucking bigger than me. I'm day. actually better than that one when Charlie's around. <laughs> I'm more excited about that one. I am more excited I, to I'm to Tom Hardy. I'm ready <laughs> to be good. Tom Hardy. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that, that him being able to portray what he's able to portray with no facial muscles, just his eyes, and you can clearly see what he is feeling, what he is thinking, what he is, his emotions, his thoughts, his everything in just his eyes. And I mean, and on top of that, it's not just his eyes. His actual face is almost pushed up too. It's his whole mask because his eyebrows, just above his eyebrows, his forehead, and even the facial muscles here, he uses all of that yeah. to the best of his ability. It's, it's just... It's, it is really good. And for me personally, if he did less talking, it would have been a better performance. I agree. And part of that is because Bane is typically mo not voiceless, but typically very quiet. He doesn't speak a lot. Barely. barely but talks. now he's pretty much the bad guy this entire movie. You can't have a bad guy that oh, yeah, no. Yeah, of yeah. course. So yeah. it is, and plus, you have an actor like Tom Hardy. I mean, that, what a wasted opportunity if you don't. <laughs> what a wasted opportunity yeah, if you don't allow him to. I just... I I mean, it's. I think he's one of the most intimidating villains that we've had. Like, aside from Thanos, when you see this guy in a room, you know he's gonna fuck shit up. Like, that's when when you see Thanos on the screen, you feel tension when he doesn't do anything. And that scene when he first meets Batman and they fight in the and on the sewers, that's ter it's terrifying. Oh, it's and so it's, good. He, just him slowly walking with like his hands on his vest, like that's. And seeing Batman I, I, just it is reeling. one of the most intimidating nonverbal performances I've one of, one of the best I've ever seen. So yeah. that's why I put him at number one. There's also that great line between like when um, Selena Kyle is caught by John Blake trying to leave um, the city, and mm -hmm. he says something about Bane, and he's like, "No, like, oh, uh, who? Uh, I don't know if it's who you're running from or something." But he acts. It's pretty much in um, reference to Bane, and and she says something along the lines like, "You know, he's like, I'm not scared of Bane," and she's like, "He should be." Or it's like it's something along those lines where even she's saying like, "Yo, he, he you don't trifle with this guy. Like he, he is the worst of the worst. Like he's." They set beyond. him up really well. I and and from the moment go, from the moment go when the fucking film opens and we have Littlefinger standing in front of us. First thing I put in my notes, no lie, right here, Lord Baelish making his cameo. LOL. Yeah, I love like, it. Literally the first thing I wrote down. I live. Yeah, yeah. Live for it. Yeah. Um, but it's for, obviously a Game of Thrones reference. I'm not picking up on. Yes, it yeah, is a Game of Thrones is, reference. Yeah. Um, cool. You've never seen Game of Thrones? Watched the same first nine episodes like three or four times, and I've never felt compelled to keep going. Yeah, that's fair. If you're not compelled, why are you gonna keep watching? Um, he's also in Peaky. We have th uh, three Peaky guys in this in this mm. show. Um, but yeah, from the moment go, from the moment we first hear his voice it's ominous i will say the first time you hear his voice you don't see his face you don't mm -hmm. hear you don't see his face and you just get this voice and it just it definitely resonates and i think the i think him using it less would have done more for the performance not no. not like i'm not saying like, you know, a lot less but less i think for that character was more for sure I understand what you're saying, the but... The only thing I have to say on that scene, that great scene, fantastic, takes it away from that that entire 10 minutes or however long that whole deal is, was released online as a trailer to gain traction for the movie. So we had all... I don't know about you guys. I'd seen that scene two, three, four, five times, months before the movie came out. 
I pro- so none yeah. of that caught me off guard. I, honestly, when I sat down in the movie theater, we started. I was like, oh fuck, I forgot. Like I've already, you know, yeah, I can kind was- of pay attention a little less because I've seen this scene four times already. So it kind of detracted from it a little bit for me. If you weren't one of those people who, as soon as they released it, you know, being 18, 19 at the time, I'm like, fucking, bat, let's see what's yeah. up. Like, because all we've heard from this point is how great Tom Hardy was doing with the character and this and that. And then you see that fucking scene. And when it's all you've gotten for the last four years since Dark Knight is this little 10 minute clip, you're going to watch the, oh, yo, did you see it yet? I'll, I'll watch it with you. Let's pull it up right now. Yo, you see the Batman clip yet? Like, instead of really, they, the promotional shit that they did for this movie was so next level, so over the top. I would love to know what their promotional budget was. Because the posters they, were awesome. Yeah, the posters yeah, were insane. Posters they released were... almost five trailers. Something like five, that. six yeah. different trailers on yeah. top of the, the, I think it's an eight minute clip from of the opening scene at getting Bane out or whatever. They released that online months in advance. Yeah, I um, I honestly don't even remember. I I definitely, definitely saw it. I mean, I, there's no way I did it, but I yeah. don't remember. I don't think I saw it that much. Like, I, I, I remember seeing the trailer and seeing the clip and hearing the voice, but it's it's so well done that every time I revisit the movie, I have the same reaction, even though I've heard it before. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. Is it that- like, the, why would, maybe, perhaps he's wondering why you would shoot a man in the head before throwing him out of a plane. Yeah. It's, so it's so good, yeah. I I I I hear you're Michael Caine, but that's fine. So that's fine. it's fine. Fair, I could I'll take the three to one here. That's fair, fine. Fair enough segue into the Dion Waiters for me, because I got a conversation I gotta have. Are you a basketball guy? Uh Not, I should be. Do you because... understand the term heat check? Yes. So this is the heat check award. Okay. Is Michael Caine in it too much? Because I was thinking no. he no. he I think he's in just the right amount. I, yeah. It's for the heat check award, I'm saying. Oh. Is he in it too much Absolutely. to get the heat check award? Because I think he's not in the whole second half of the movie, so you kind of forget how much he's in. And I want to give it to him because this is a hard one to find a heat check guy for. I could tell you who But I would accept I, I it. Think I know. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell you who You're going to say Killian? It's Killian. Killian's, oh, kill, yeah. Killian's yeah. good. Who were you going to say? I was going to say Liam Neeson. No. No, it's Killian. Definitely Killian. Yeah, I three never different it. When answers I was in the here. theaters, I did not like. Am I going to be the deciding vote here? Like Jeez. when I watched it again, like I was like, I, I'm shocked that they brought Liam Neeson back. Like I didn't think that that was ever yeah, going to happen. I, I didn't I, watch. I watched this after. I think I'm actually no. I watched it after I watched Batman Begins because I remember being shocked seeing Liam Neeson, but I wasn't shocked seeing Killian Murphy. Yeah, because yeah, he, he had true. been in yeah, all no, three. So yeah, you know, he'd, you, he'd been in yes, all three. but I think Killian Murphy's scenes are phenomenal because you think about it you have the scarecrow running the kangaroo court yeah i and know there's something about it and also i know I, who else definitely qualifies who else qualifies morgan freeman yeah oh yeah yeah i think i the but I, would you i, I feel like though time-wise. i feel like lucius though in a way becomes alfred in the second half where I think he's in it. He's in it a lot in the second half. But they half. need him though. They they need him. They didn't need Michael Caine. They needed they needed uh, Morgan Freeman. I, but it doesn't change the amount of time he's in the film. Like he's kind of more referenced than he's in it though. No. 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 He has singular scenes with Miranda Tate. He's in the bottom of. Yeah, Morgan the, Freeman is in it. He's a lot. in it a lot. He's 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 in the the chamber yeah, when it gets yeah. flooded. Like he's in saying, the yeah, very the end, asking about the um the patchwork. He deals. He's a lot of scenes with Miranda Tate. He's with the FBI agents. He's with Bruce Wayne a couple times. I, I, no, I. Gordon. 
Gordon's in it too much too. Yeah, I'm gonna give Gordon. Yeah, Gordon's in it way yeah, too much. Yeah, I mean he's one of the key figures. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to find a couple of key finalists sure. before I, I just um, give it to Killian. That's all. Hold on, we have Killian. I'm giving it to Kate. I'm, I'm agreeing, and the only reason why I say that is because all of the scenes. He, I mean, you could say how much you, whether he was in it too much or not, but all of the scenes that he's in are so important to Batman's arc in this movie that. Without them, I right. think it's a so different. The reason I think it's a completely different. And I would upgrade. Field. I'm not upgrading. positive yeah. how much screen time he actually has, and I might have to revisit it. The problem is, it's such a long movie where yeah. if you if you've got 22 minutes of screen time in a two hour and 30 minute movie, I don't think that's in it too much for the Heat Check Award. I get and that, I, but when you have other actors who are in it for even less with as powerful roles, do you think Killian I don't think Killian did as much as, as Michael Caine did for the movie? No. I think you could right, put but anybody I'm up there talking... that's a relative villain and I think it would have been fine. I don't think so. I think Ra's al Ghul did more plot-wise for Bruce Wayne. Than, I think he did too. Than, um, than Killian. Killian Murphy did for Killian the Murphy's city of Gotham. Cool, he was, that was like a bonus. You know, who, you know who else, though, I would argue is a good heat check? And I think you guys are going to fight me on this. I have a couple. I actually have a couple and they're, they're even smaller. Yeah, go ahead. Talk One of the it. ones would be um, the rookie cop who shoots at Batman. Great. Love him. The other, <laughs> yeah. the other one would be um, his partner. Well, yeah. Put that gun away. Get it before you yeah, kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. Was he in the first? You know what? The, the, cop, the cop that's riding and shotgun that goes, oh man, you're in for a treat tonight. He might, He's phenomenal. That's amazing. And guess yeah. what? He is standing behind Jim in the kangaroo court, and his acting, all facial, great. Phenomenal. Would you would you nominate uh, uh, JGL on that one for Heat Check? I think too, he's too, too much. Central. He's too much. I think he's far too central. He's like Gordon. He's like a supporting. Yeah, he is really he's like to. arguably yeah. one of the whole reasons that Batman like just makes it through this whole movie. Yeah, I he's in it too much. Uh, the other it. person you could argue is um, the congressman. Great, uh, call me, call me, <laughs> and then uh, still in love, but pressing charges. That's just yeah. a great little yeah. reference to him. Yeah. He's great. Um, Jen, who is Selena Kyle's friend, mm -hmm. the blonde, yeah. who's kind of like a little yeah, 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 homage yeah. to Harley Quinn there. Um, or was it Poison Ivy? I think it was Poison, Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Sorry, yeah. Poison Ivy. Um, you have her. There was someone else too. Who I um the partner, the Asian partner of Joseph Gore Levitt. He's fucking great too. He gets shot as he gets pulled out. He's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, you could argue Wade running through the fucking. You know what? No, actually, I know who the heat chick is. And you never even see him. It's a score guy, the scoreboard person, because he stops the clock while the fucking field is blowing up. That is dedication to your job, sir. Oh that, my god, I, <laughs> I hate. I disagree, I disagree with that. I disagree um, with that. But you can even you argue. You had me with Killian Murphy. No, no, You um, fucking lost me on scoreboard. Operator. No, 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 no. But I, I could, you, I could argue. You could argue. Um, the kid who sings even, the national anthem. No, no, no. But even, even the there's something about Wade when he runs across the field, not noticing the entire thing is blowing up behind him, and then turns around to see that. His entire team's gone. Oh, I read it as like oh, he was Ward. running. Ward, from sorry, the, what did I say? Wade Ward. Yeah, I was like, who's running Wade? from the the field that's imploding. I didn't think he was just like happen to have the ball in his hand. No, 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 no. Because when he, no, 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 I don't think so. Because when he turns around, it's almost like when he turns shit. around, he realizes it. But yeah. as he's running the ball, running, he doesn't right. realize what's happening. He's just trying and to score a touchdown. And you think about how quick you're running too, yeah. and what's going through your head in that moment. No, you, yeah. that 13 you probably seconds. got tunnel vision, tunnel hearing. Like oh yeah, really and everyone's screaming yeah, anyway yeah. at a football game. Like, oh, they're shooting me. Yeah, exactly. So so like, but honestly though, I would say it's the cop. It's it's that cop because 
um, you know who also is great? The um, at the very end, the cop on the bridge. <laughs> Don't shoot! Don't walk across. We will oh shoot. God, shoot yeah. his feet. He's in Dexter. He's one of the the main guy, one of the main cops in Dexter. I, I he I, I love him. Um, I'm and giving then, it to Kane. It. No, no, it's not Kane. It's definitely the cop. But the other person okay. I love that's great is the other person who I love is great is um, the federal agents. I fucking are great. Or do you have just do you have ID? They were good doesn't mean they get the heat no. check award. Listen, do you have your ID? Why why would we bring ID? Great line. And then Gordon walks in. Love it. And then the other guy with the fucking the the National Guard, where it's like he just says he's like, if anyone walks across this bridge, we're gonna blow Gotham up, and his face change. Great. It's okay. either Kane or Killian Murphy. Yeah. We're not giving it to the cop that's No, we're not giving it to the one cop. One line that's you like suggested score that's, But it's not no. no no, but it's not about the one line because it, I'm saying it goes further because he's actually in um not Yes, but you you just told me that and that's the first time I ever I still can't even picture his face in that scene. Really? Yeah, which yeah. means oh my gosh. not enough. For me. Okay, fine. Yeah. I say Killian Murphy then. I'm going Kane. No I'm fine gi- giving it to Killian Murphy. If we look back, we got to look back. I'll look back at, at Kane's screen time and see and find out if he qualifies or not. Is there like if, a limit? No, it's really no? just okay. a feel thing. Like usually if you're over seven or eight scenes is where I start to get dicey he's about it. Well, he's, he's definitely over. Yeah, but that. that's hard in this movie because not every movie like we Kane do is almost cost, three hours long. He's like right on the line. If he's eligible, he gets it. If he's not, I'll give it to Killian Murphy. I think we need to create another award. It's the fucking Rebel Wilson Showstopper Award. That's that's Michael Caine. The Rebel Rebel Wilson and Jojo Rabbit. Okay, I'll. Oh, she's because <laughs> because so she is fucking yeah. in it too yeah. much to be a yeah. heat check award, but she's the showstopper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like every every scene she's in. I ha- I I've so seen, we yeah. Rebel Wilson Showstopper Award goes to Michael. That's Michael Caine. Caine. Okay. All right, and then we just check. come up with a new award on the spot. Yeah. Nice. Like we'll it. Well, on Sweet Todd, we created the. I'm uh, not Sweet Todd. Um. My cousin Vinny would create the Marissa Tomei for best dress, who in this tough. Are we actually doing a best dress right now? Yeah, I'm gonna go with either Miranda Tate or Selena Kyle. I'm going I, Selena Kyle. I'm going Selena I think Kyle. Selena I think her costume was solid. I think Selena Kyle, yeah. I, I, I mean I kind of really dig the little piece that comes up into the cat ears. Love that it. was a clever way to do that. Yeah, that was yeah. a super clever, yeah. fully that. functional way to do it and not the Halle Berry version at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much better. And there's so much better. Um her the the styling of Didn't her. Did they just on cast the- her again, or am I thinking they recast Ruby Rose's Batwoman? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Um, the the shocker. sleekness of her the cat suit on yeah. the bat um, yeah. motorcycle. Yeah, Nailed love that. that when it spins. I love. I, I'm like the she works vehicles, on that. and the ultimately. For, I know this is not for most adults, but people like my good friend Big Whitey. Shout out Big Whitey. Would the toys. And the vehicles in this movie and, and the children's toys that would come out following this movie. Are there better bat vehicles the other than possibly Batmobile. the 1989 yeah. Batmobile? Yeah. I had a cool one from the Dark Knight. I had one that was powered by the The Dark Knight Batmobile was sick. But the yeah. com- what they did with the bat was they took that bat wing and the bat copter and made a hybrid. Yeah. And that yeah, thing that is fucking, fucking sick. Awesome. awesome. Sick. awesome. Yeah. And the, the little bat cycle... Chopper that him and Kyle, Selena Kyle, both mm-hmm. drive, where the wheels roll. Yeah. To like to so he's doing this Jim Connor J turns and yeah. shit with the mounted cannons, sick vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I uh, on the Selena Kyle thing, I really am. Uh, I think everything about the character is really good. Enjoyed her in the movie. I feel like her fight scenes were so weak. 
I, I just, I, because in, in, in the second one, in the only other one that she did, she was overshadowed by the fact that Batman showed up. Yeah, correct. If she, she had, herself, she had that, that fight scene. She had that fight yeah. scene with uh, the Ben, with Ben Mendelsohn's character, where she takes out the guards, and I was like, "That's really." I cool. think she's able to hold her own, but with, it's with no problem. There's so much unnecessary flourish where I feel like she looked so tactical. I feel like they could have made her just. I love the one scene so where she used everything her heel. that makes Catwoman Catwoman because she is not super strong or big, and obviously, like everyone in this movie, there's no. Superpowers, so right. to speak. Like nothing to do with cats. Her whole cat burglar. Her whole yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Her whole she's deal. Really her whole deal is kind of similar to Batman in the stealth aspect, but it's also the quick getaway. So she's not trying to fight fifty guys. She's trying to fucking put a stiletto in one dude's neck, create a diversion, and jump up over the top and run away. So I didn't have a problem with her fights being weak because she's not supposed to be like a brutalizer. Yeah, honestly, I, it didn't really bother me either. And like her moves were cool. Like I, the one where she puts the, I think it's his wrist up with yeah. her heel. Like yeah, it's with she, the stiletto. Yeah, yeah. The stiletto, it's just cool things like that. So I, I, I get it's, what you're saying, but I, I, it didn't really bother me because you know what? She's she's not a superhero per se. Yeah, she's I, not, I don't. You don't. She doesn't have to be a superhero. But she's I feel really like good at what she does. I feel like because of how good she is, I feel like they could have done. A, Better choreographed I, fight scene, I think. Like so, I don't think I don't, her whole backstory. I'm, I'm upset with the choreography. Of that's that fair. Stuff. I can. That's fair. I, I can see that. Her whole back deal, which you get in Gotham, you know, their version of it is that she's an orphanized child, and that's how she starts being a pickpocket for food, living right. on the street. She's mm-hmm. a homeless orphan. Yeah. So her whole deal from youth is not to get into fights; it's to avoid, it's to get away yeah. undetected. No, I, I, no look I what she says to the kid: "Don't never steal from people you can't outrun." Yeah, great line. By yeah, way. yeah, very poignant. Um, What's um, the next award here? Quotes. All right, I'm ready. Ooh, okay, dang. here we go. A hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as put a coat around a young boy's shoulder to let him know the world hadn't ended. How can you make? How can you move faster than possible? Fight longer than possible without the most powerful impulse of spirit—the fear of death. You have my permission to die. You have my permission to die. You have my permission to Love die. Um, this is this is this is the classic. Oh, you think darkness is your ally, but you merely adopted the dark. No, you got to do the voice. I don't know if oh. I can. Come on, do it. Ah, oh. come on. I was born in it. Molded by it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light of day until I was already a man. And by then it was nothing to me but blinding. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yo, when he does that blinding, it's one of my favorite things. He did it. I turned around to Cersei and I was like, blinding. (laughs) I love that line. Um, So it's just. It's so good. The, uh, the other classic one is There's a Storm Coming, Mr. Wayne. Love that one. Uh, your hands look pretty dirty to me, Commissioner, which is after the uh, letter is read, which I have to say when I was rewatching this, it's pretty sad, but I was able to say that entire letter. Nice. Um, which I guess it just... A long letter. Uh, it was more, some, more like the last ending part about, yeah. you know... Um, Praise the man who murdered my boy. You know, like that whole yeah, part. Like, yeah. there's something about that that is really, oh, it's so good. It's just, it's stand, it sticks with you. And then the I'm Gotham's reckoning. That's a great yeah. line. I'm necessary evil. I feel like a lot line. of it is Bane. Like a lot. He just has such good. Dialogue. There's one John Blake I have. The last, the um, 
There are many forms of immortality is Ra's al Ghul, which I, that's a very mm-hmm. Tells you how much of an effect that he had on him. Well, it's also like, there's a couple of things to it too, because he says there's, he says that, but it's also a reference to the Lazarus pit from the comics because he mm-hmm. does become yeah. more. So there's a couple like lo- like layers to that line, but the John Blake one I is is actually one of my favorites. That's not, um, it's just it's really good. It's not a lot of people know what it feels like to be angry in your bones. I mean, they understand foster parents. Everybody understands for a while. Then they want the angry little kid to do something he knows he can't do. Move on. So after a while, they stop understanding. They send the angry kid to a boy's home. I figured it out too late. You got to learn to hide the anger. Practice smiling in the mirror. It's like putting on a mask. That's the scene where he figures out. He figured it out earlier. That's the scene that he lets Bruce know. Yeah, that he, br- that he lets Bruce know. And uh, that was that scene is really good. But I feel like it's flimsy, the fact that he's able to piece together that it's Bruce Wayne just because of that connection. I just, I, I, I... Well, he said he had met him before. No, it's, he, he, I think it's more than that. I think he's figured it out over the years. I don't think it's, like, in that no. moment. I think he's known he, since he was a kid. Because he's, he's known him as a kid. Yeah. As, um, you know, the, the billionaire orphan, they say. Yeah. And... He, he says, oh, you know, we used to create stories about you and all this stuff. And everyone thought the stories weren't real. I but... feel like that's such a thin connection. I mean, I get why it's there and I, and I, I think that it works. I just, I, it seems so flimsy for them to be like, okay, well, that's how it happens. It's just because of their history, their ties, it's both being orphans and they both have the same emotions and stuff like that. No, okay. I think it's, I think that they are hinting that as a, Cop, I, I, they're hint, I feel they're hinting that he became a cop because of Bruce Wayne, because of Batman, because yeah, he wanted. But that doesn't to help mean that you know that Batman. No, is Bruce but Wayne I or think vice versa. he's been watching. And he's a good Bruce detective. Wayne. that's what it is. I like think he's just been. Yeah, yeah, it's just he has been watching this guy. Mm. He's been following up on him. I mean, I'll take and it. Then, just, and then, and then on top of thing. that, I think the big reason of why he figured it out was because Harvey Dent dies eight years ago. Batman disappears, and all of a sudden Bruce Wayne is a recluse. Isn't it crazy him. that nobody else figured that out? That that was a big thing to me, where I'm like, how did no one figure yeah, that like out? Like how he came yeah, back. Yeah, but also no, nobody so, knows Superman is Clark Kent because he wears glasses and a coat. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, right. but he doesn't disappear at the same time as, like, Batman's gone and yeah. Bruce Wayne's well, gone. Well, in, in, the, in, in, the, um, in the reboot... He Clark Kent disappears the same time Superman comes back, and then all of a sudden Clark Kent is back at the Daily Planet, and so is Superman. Oh, I agree with you on that. So it happens, and people just you know go. No, past I know, it, but I think. I think, but that's what I'm saying. I I think that's why because no one else realized it, but this kid. Did. Yeah, but that's not the that's not the the reason that they're portraying in that dialogue and in that scene. You're, you're just gonna have to like build that in your head. No, I I think it's kind of like. I mean, it's, it's there. Character. It works. I just think it's thin. I, that's all I it know, is. I, I think it's thin. I, I don't disagree with you that. Yeah, it's thin, but uh, that line stands alone. It's still a great alone. line. Yeah, the line It's still a alone. phenomenal quote. Uh, I love it. I just think this. So those are all my lines. But my my favorite is. All right, spoiler alert. I didn't write down any quotes. You merely adopted the dog. I'm going to steal all yours. I was born in it, murdered by it. I didn't that's see the light until I was already a man. I'm sorry. sorry. What do you got here? What do you got? What's your what's your quotes? Oh, I have one more. Oh, of course you do. It's time to go mobile. 
I literally yeah, uh, we were getting to the car before to go to lunch and I'm like it's time to go mobile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say yeah. there's one more Bane one that I can't think of that I'm gonna try to find right now. I like the one where uh Selena jumps in the helicopter and she's like, My mother warned me about getting into cars with strange men and Batman's like, This isn't a car. I would say another <laughs> oh. one is that's how that that's what that feels like. Oh, uh, that's like, a great, great. One what, too. what about what about he's right behind you? Who? Me. Yeah. 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 Yo, I could. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. The shot where they're like take like the flashes and he's like changing directions like with the flash of the light. Yes. That freaked the shit out of him. Oh, that yeah. was such good you, work. You know, it's Love also it. great Loved too. It. Um, there's two two lines in the well, two very close together scenes is when he's going to get his car and he's like, I don't have mine. He's like, oh, you, your wife took your car home, sir. She said you're taking care of me. He's like, my wife. Oh, and then great. Alfred picks him up. He's like. Don't worry, it takes some time to get back in the swing of things, sir. Great. Mm. Great little back and forth. And in between that cut, you see Selena driving the the Lambo. Yeah. yeah. It's a great little yeah. little piece there. Yeah. And it too, her her moving in and kissing him and that whole thing. Yeah. When you then see yeah. her in the car, it's like, she's good. Yeah, she's no, I good. think I, I think I think this version of, of Selena Kyle was was solid. This There's, is the best of her trailer. Stay back, they're sure. not bluffing. And she says, um, Oh no, she says, stay back, I'm not bluffing. And then Bruce peers out of the back. Uh, they know, they just don't care. Oh, that was a great one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, another great one too is, I like your new girlfriend. He'd be so lucky. Yeah. Uh, or, um, uh, about the no gun things, I think I just don't feel strongly about it. Like, that's a great <laughs> yeah, one too. Yeah. Like, there's a couple of uh, uh, quick I, there's a lot of There's got. a lot of good quotes well, and, Selena, and stuff in this when movie. When she's like, you wouldn't beat up a woman any more than I would beat up a cripple, but, and she kicks them, and then exceptions have to be made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great yeah, too. Yeah, that is a good one. Her hopping out the window. Love she that. Fucking backflips out of the window. So she, I forgot who she said she. That was she, actually all hand. Hathaway did her own stunts. Yeah, she did do a, a lot of her own stunts. Um, that made me dizzy. Like, she <laughs> she didn't do some the, some of the ones on the she definitely the Batmobile. Didn't do the backflip. That was if no. if she didn't do it, that was the most seamless transition from yeah. Anne Hathaway to a stunt double I've ever seen. Um, I think her stunt double looked a lot like her because she was. But that was all one. That was all one cut. When she looks at him, she says something, and then she jumps out of the window. Like did they have, did she have know, on a cable? Um, you know what? You could have. I mean, she could have fall back on you, that. You could have done it in green screen. You could have yeah. not like you could oh, have yeah. had someone yeah. dressed in green like green screen suit and flipped there. Yeah, yeah, that should have done that. I I probably actually you know what that's probably what they did. If they if they needed, I mean her that, that was one of the shots. I, I believe it or not, that was one of the shots where I'm like, how the fuck did they do? But that? But you know what? To be fair, Michelle Pfeiffer was able to get each one of those those uh, snaps oh, yeah. in one take. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, who don't knows? discredit she Anne's ability to, to pull clips. that off. Here. Yeah, Catwoman can do crazy things. So um, she did. She based her character on one of the Catwomans that Halle Berry's. No, no, no. no. <laughs> and there's a story about that that. Uh, the actress that she to escape her abusive arms dealing husband she dressed up as one of her maids uh, like stole all of her jewels and hopped out the window and that was like a little mush to that person did you find what you're looking for no but there is another great Bane one calm down doctor now's not the time for fear that comes later yeah that's a great one too (laughs) that is good that comes later I feel so so unprepared I'm gonna look up my quote Ignore me. Bane. Yeah, Bane's going. I mean, I guess while we, we wait on that, we could talk about best scenes because one of my favorite scenes that we have not talked about is Final Battle. And also, oh, what I realized about myself is I think I'm a sucker 
for final movies in, hmm. in series. Because what I'm realizing is this, this one's my favorite in the trilogy. Probably one of my favorite Harry Potter movies is part two. Seven part two. Because I love... I love the Battle of Hogwarts. I love the Battle yeah, of Hogwarts. Well, they, they saved an entire movie for the last, pretty much just the last fight. Well, that doesn't change it from being my favorite. No, it's um, fantastic. Um, Star Wars. Jedi? Return of the Jedi. Still really? my favorite. Rough, okay. rough, okay. rough, 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 rough. Okay, I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate play. the movie more now than I did as a kid. There's no ad-ads. I mean, listen, <laughs> I, your, I, I, have, your, I have tried. Number one. Qualifier. I have tried to be an adult about How this situation. How you are with third, I am with the second film. I have tried to be an adult about this situation when it comes to the Ewoks. I don't care. I fucking love the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. So you think that's better than anything in Empire? I didn't I, I didn't say it's better than Empire. I said it's my favorite. But you hit me with my own argument. I'm just saying. I didn't say it was better than that. But I also realized there was another one. Uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade is my favorite. But to be fair, when I was growing up, Temple of Doom was my favorite. But I think that just says something about the darkness that... Lives inside that of me. I'm typically a big number two of the trilogies yeah. because I I I am a heel at heart and I love the heels and I love when yeah. the, I love when the bad guy wins. Empire Strikes Back that's is true. my favorite I movie fucking, of all that's time. That's one of the greatest. Because of Adats, because of the fuck Vader's standing tall at the end. You got no, I'm your father. And mostly fucking Adats, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, listen. Lando's great. You get the introduction to Lando. That you get scene, some. Yeah. You get some of the best quotes of the whole series. I love sure. you. I know. I um, my quote. That's, that's where Harrison oh, well, shines is in that is in that film. Like I would say, he shines more in that film than the third film. He does shine more in the second film, but I just don't know. I just love the third one. I don't like. Don't judge me about it. I was just I'm saying. Not the Ewoks, I'm feeling it? judged. <laughs> it's the Ewoks. Isn't it's it? the damn Ewoks. I just think the film. The Ewoks rushed. are psychotic cannibals, though. That's what I love Hey, just remember they had a they had a Leia size dress. So I mean, to be fair, like I'm kind of like an Ewok myself. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I do have my quote. What's your um, quote? Unfortunately, I'm since you know it is an Alfred quote because I'm just gushing over Michael Caine here, but you know he is a sir for a reason, so I'm not going to be upset about it. Um, his quote is, <clears throat> "It means your hatred, and it also means losing someone that I've cared for since I first heard his cries echo through this house." But it also means saving your life, and that is more important. Yeah, that's think, a great line. That I sums think, up his whole character. I think mm -hmm. that that whole thing sa exactly sums up his entire character, what his purpose is. He didn't do this because he cared about Gotham or anything like that. He did this because he cared about Bruce, and he wanted to make sure that he was that he was safe. And he kept tried as best he could to keep his promise to his parents. And I think that line sums it all up. Perfectly. That's a good one. That's you also one. in that same bit you got the I'm not gonna bury bury another Wayne. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also the you worried if I you worried if I go go out and seek Bane out that I'll that I'm gonna fight him. He said says no. I'm worried that you want to. Yeah, yeah. I think those that are, those are the three great uh, Michael Caine yeah. quotes in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm gonna put my official stamp on the I was born in the darkness. I mean, yeah, I mean, molded by it. You merely adopted the dog. That's the only part of you. That's that's your favorite part of the whole movie. Oh my god, <laughs> the whole movie. I love Blinding. that part. Just so he does it, because it's like yeah. he's in this like you know like this feeling. You're like, oh my god, like I'm I'm with you. I'm in the darkness, and only then he just shoots you with the blinding, and it's like whoa. 
It's like the black comes across your face. I just love that. But um, best scenes. Best scene. One of the best scenes for me is the final battle scene when you have the the row of policemen scared slowly walking towards. They know imminent death. They know they cannot fight these people. But they're doing it anyway because the Batman's back and this is their city and and they're not going to go down without a fight. Like, we do not negotiate terrorists. And that moment when the Batman comes in, he swoops in and he shoots at them and you just have the loud cheer and everyone starts running and the battle begins. I live for that scene. And I know a lot of people like would would talk down about it and it's not like it's not one of the greatest scenes, especially why because I, I actually have a gripe with it too, where um, you have machine guns and you and, and you get no one. You, they stormtroopered it. They, it's it's terrible. It's it's a horrible you, you, shot. You brought that up, and I pointed out that they were mostly civilians who have probably never shot at a target before. Yeah, but I nonetheless storming policemen. Right, but you also these aren't storming policemen that are zigzagging. They're running. Didn't they also have tanks. Yeah, and they had tanks. They're running down a block. They're not even on the sidewalk. They're literally within the street limits in a block of blue, dark blue uniforms. You're going to tell me that with a machine gun, if you just held it straight, you don't even got to do this. If you just held it straight, you're going to get a decent. I understand that. I understand that. But uh, one, ta- one, two, you're going to go, oh, shit, I'm going up. I need to control that. If you can't think that in a, in a situation like that, then you shouldn't have the fucking gun in your hand. Someone which else is the should. whole point of my argument is that there are people who probably have never shot a gun until right now, which is why I, I, I just don't have such a problem with that, which like, is why I'm not willing to be so critical of the fact that not enough bodies dropped when they first I mean, start charging. You see, like, one I mean, that happens in so many. Because to a degree. There are plenty of movies, John Wick being one of them, the entire John Wick series, where first of all, no, John Wick first of all, there's nine rounds in the fucking in a Glock, in a Glock nine or a Glock nineteen chamber. And oh yeah, he just he'll keeps fucking shoot twenty seven yep. times without reloading. Also, like nobody in, in the world shoots at a ninety five percent accuracy and kill rate like he does. People fucking miss all the time. No, I know, but world. my my point is is that the. The odds are in your favor, and the probability of of that scene is just not logical. The you opening got, scene of Saving Private Ryan got that tactic right, like showing it on film. Yeah, they do a great job of that. Yeah, they handle like that you very feel, well. You feel you, the weight of the bullets. Yeah, everyone's dropping. Yeah. They're dropping like fucking flies. Like that's what it should have felt like. Yeah. Where where and that's the thing too that kind of bothers me because they should have been dropping faster because all of a sudden then they shoot back to um, the um, police chief who was like, you know, he buried his suit and all of a sudden now he's back out. And he's in eminent danger and you're feeling that, but you didn't really feel that a little because bit. Because of the shot choice. Because of the shot choice, yeah. So well, I mean, that's, that's kind of my biggest point with this film is that you can feel that Nolan wanted that spectacle of that overhead shot. And I think this was like, aside from Inception, like the biggest film he's ever done up until that point. And you could really feel like, He's going more for the spectacle and not the in the moment emotions because if you have that shot overhead, you're not going to feel right. the emotion. But of if you're that. going for the spectacle, more body show dropped in that shot. Oh, that's yeah. the well, problem. Chore- 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 choreographically, is that a word? Yeah, on, and honestly, too, the chore- but, like the background fighters of that scene and some of those shots are a little rough too. So I yeah. have gripes with the. I feel like that scene, though. I feel like the point of that scene wasn't 
It was it was it was the triumphant moment. You know what I mean? That yes, I know, and that's yeah. why that's why it had of to all be the right. actual problems with this movie that. That's definitely me. bad. That is not. Yeah. It's the bottom. No, I know. It's just. It's just it's, a gripe yeah. that I it's do just have with it. It's just a stormtrooper effect. But it's um, every it happens in so many movies, action, sci-fi. It's 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 just always. There. Yeah, that that is the one of my favorite scenes, and then Bane coming down and taking off his jacket yeah, and all that. Good scene. That so that scene. Um, I love the scene, the kangaroo court scene with Jim Gordon specifically. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like death or exile, and he's like, "You're out of your mind if you think that we're walking out into the ice." And he's like, "So death then, by exile." And that, yeah, and then that's I, a good quote. That's also a really good quote. This is why Killian, I think Killian Murphy deserves no, it. No, I still think that goes by good. It, he no, he got the Rebel Wilson Award. Uh, we okay, gave him yeah, the okay, Rebel yeah, Wilson. Yeah, that's I mean, right. flip flop right. it and give Killian Murphy the Rebel Wilson Award. No, I mean, no, no, he's not in no, enough. No. He's not in enough. Um, I think um, that's obviously the, the battle scene between Bane and Batman yeah, the where first he breaks one. his back. Yeah. Where that's like, that's my, yeah, what that's will break first? Your your spirit or your body? Oh God, heartbreaking! Um, Suspen- most suspenseful scene, and like one of the in every comic book movie, that's one of the most suspenseful th- scenes that I can yeah, think of for sure. Yeah, and not you know another great scene too. I love um, the stock exchange. The stock yeah. exchange scene is great. He's like, "There's no money yeah. in here. Then why are you all here?" Yeah. You know, and then too yeah. in the back, he's like, "You know, he's like, you need you need to cut the cable, this and that." And he's like, "My money's under my mattress." And he's like, "Well, it's gonna be worth a hell of a lot less if they get those things." And it's like. I love stuff like that. It's and like I, Aaron Sorkin dialogue. It is. Yeah, it is a little yeah. bit like Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, I think it's that's just a great scene too. Um, I think the opening scene, the plane, great. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's jaw dropping. Love the opening scene in the plane. Opening scene's so good. What's your favorite scene, James? I like the opening scene in the plane. I like the back breaking scene. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers stadium collapse. Great. Yeah. yeah. Or the Gotham City Knights, whatever the fuck they're called. I don't even know. I can't keep the up. The Gotham like, City Steelers. No, they're not. Steelers. I, I, that was the joke. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure in the Justice League and the Snyder Cut, they're the Gotham City Knights. I don't know about in this movie. I've heard, I know they're, I know they're competing against the Rapids. Who gives a fuck? It's a great scene. The other scene that I love (laughs) is when, like, after he's kind of sorted himself out in the pit and now he's doing push ups and like the prison dips and like working out and, these guys are kind of trying to help him. These two guys that he came across. These are also the two guys that fixed Bane's face. These guys also pretty much lie to him about the whole deal. Not lie to him, but that story of Talia escaping mm-hmm. with Bane's help, when we first see that scene, is being told to him by these two old men who kind of purposely leave it open-ended. Well, he says that this is Bane's prison. He wouldn't want the story to be told. So maybe like they're just afraid because they work for the oh, big yeah, boss. Oh, yeah, maybe they are. You know, like, just I'm not going to tell you shit because they'll kill me. Yeah, I'm not, I don't yeah. Do they qualify for the heat check? Yeah, considering yeah. here is a yeah, prisoner. Yeah, they both qualify for the heat <laughs> they check. They do, actually. actually you're yeah. right. That's... And considering, too, that um, Bane brought Bruce in here. So this is a prisoner that now is using this as his own prison. This is a prisoner yeah. that escaped that the pit. Yeah, this belongs to This is Bane's pit. But unlike... Did, did, did Bane do that on purpose? Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I agree. Unlike anybody else in this prison who would have left him there to die, these two felt compelled to tell him something. I just yeah. think it's an interesting scene. I, I, think, I think it's really oh, yeah. good, yeah. I think also... This, it's like the same guys who put Bane back together put him back together. Because they probably feel responsible in a way, too, for, yeah, for letting him go. These are also the same yeah. guys that allowed... Um, 
murderers and, and rapists to destroy a woman in front of them because they've yeah. got to let this out. So I think there's... Didn't they, didn't they say they felt... Didn't they f- feel like they were yeah. guilty in that sense? Didn't they... Um, it, there's spe- It's specifically the blind doctor right, that right, did right, it. Right. Um, and you see... And they, sh- they show him... Yeah, he has the visible guilt on it. Yeah, yeah, you see that he's broken. Um, and I think that's too why he turns around to, to Bruce because he's like, do it the same way the child did. Yeah. No rope. Um, yeah, I mean, that that's... It, it, that is a great scene too. It's there's a lot of great all the scenes, scenes of of him failing with yeah, the rope with the rope. Oh, yeah. I feel that when the rope like goes down and he hits the wall. And I'm yeah. like, you, you know what I love too is um the scene when Joseph Gordon Levin all of a sudden realizes that it's a, it's a trap and he's trying to get everyone out. Like I just I don't know there's something about the the chaos yeah. of that moment and then when he's driving everything's blowing up and, and that's all com- star spangled banner in the background. Yeah, it's all combined with that too, you know. So Yeah, I just I don't think any part of Joseph Gordon Levitt's ro- ro- role in this movie is best anything. I like Joseph Gordon Levitt though. Oh, I, I don't mind Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, he's just like there and it's like at the time at the time of his career too, he wasn't like a super superstar yet. This is kind of as he was on his way up, so it wasn't a super big deal that he was in this role. So I like it's not like it was something Conversely, where we were saying who else could have played uh, Mrs. Lovett or who else could have played Marissa Tomei's role in mm-hmm. My Cousin Vinny. A million fucking people at the time could have played this role. Yeah. Anybody could have played no, the role. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Anybody who no one got the script in front of could have been like, yeah, I'll do it. From Topher yeah. Grace to fucking Brad Pitt. Anybody could have played that role. It wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, I think for for a favorite scene for me... Um, to go off what you were saying with the kangaroo court when he puts them out on the ice and then Batman shows up and he's like, oh, hey, I'm back. And then you get the the ignite that yeah. Jim Gordon does and you see the flame go up and then it's the Batman symbol on the fucking building. In that is incredible. Yeah. That yeah. is a... Like I and the score is hitting at the same time. That was time. a poster oh, too, right? I it literally was. just yes. got goosebumps yeah. thinking about the score, it. Though, it's phenomenal. The fucking score of this film is probably the best. Of the, the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. Just, he's phenomenal. You know, another scene too I love is um, it's more of a sequence. It's like the le- the eleven minutes of the bomb. It's yeah. from when yeah. you find out that. Gordon blocked the signal and she's like, get the caravan and they start running and he's trying to block it. And also I, that entire thing to him getting the bomb out over the bay is that actually might just win it for me. It's, it's a phenomenal 11 minutes. It is done in 11 minutes. It's actually timing yeah, is 11 yeah, minutes. It's cool. Um, and it's, you feel it, you feel that tension you no, it's not as best creating tension and build up and having that moment of extreme suspense where like is it gonna do water shot that was gorgeous yeah that and then you have the the moment between him and jim where jim finally realizes bruce wayne and then two even after all that where where, um just gordon left it's like should don't they deserve to know you know who saved them and he goes they do it's the batman it's the batman yeah it's great i think uh i also personally love 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 the ending to this movie i think the final scene him in the cafe he looks up he sees bruce they exchange the nod exactly like what he had told him he wanted to happen happens and then the movie just ends yeah and then hurt the pearls too yep i think it's perfect i think it's a bittersweet moment because obviously there's no batman but it's 
Alfred got his happy ending. And I think that, I think that. That and counts. you know what? And we got our close to the trilogy. Yeah, for we sure. Got a true close to a trilogy. He literally went out with a bang. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was a good wrap up. Um I think I'm gonna put my stamp on that opening scene. Yeah. I'm gonna put my stamp on the Batman. I'd be the fun. Batman logo in the sky. I think I'm really okay with either of those, honestly. Like I mean, we could all have a different I, stamp. I mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the point of this. We don't have to agree on, on yeah, anything. The the first the first Batman fight with Bane oh, yeah, affected yeah. me. But the scene where he puts the, the logo on the his icon on the bridge was like the biggest fuck you to Bane. Yeah. But so and yeah, that music was like, and everything. Yeah, and it like the whole city knows Batman is bad. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's you know what it is? That, it's a very triumphant moment. That feeling you get there, I get at that that final battle scene. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? It's the music too, because it's quiet. It's yeah, quiet, quiet in that there's like no noise yeah. and then they, they're slowly moving and then when the Batman comes in, all of a sudden the big crescendo yeah. comes in. So it, you know what? And it's a good um, way to bring it full circle because Bane's whole deal is to like the false, the false uh, sense of hope. But then that, the bat, the bat symbol went on fire represents the real hope yeah. that the people that have actually always had or at least you would think most of them. Yeah. yeah, that's also a that's a that's actually a really cool theme that you get throughout the movie is there is no hope. There is no hope. There is no hope. They see the symbol there is. You yeah. know what I mean? It it that symbol is Gotham's hope. And that's like Gordon and Joseph Gordon Levitt um making the bat symbol as they're walking. Yeah, Gordon, yeah. Just Gordon does it and then yeah. Blake yeah. does Joseph it. Joseph Gordon Levitt, I mean, constantly. But doesn't Gordon do it too? I don't know if Gordon I you always see like that, that whole I part think, of the movie where he just—it's like he's tracing it for him. Yes, and drawing I drawing him the map. There's some connection with Gordon in that. Like I, I think maybe Gordon does it first. I feel like I feel it. like the cops were doing it. Like I feel like you know. No, but it was it was only you only see really Blake doing it. But there well, was something yeah. with Gordon and I'm and like that they never gave up hope to the Batman and I just love that. Well, all the other cops did, and the other guys burying his uniform. He's the, he's the chief of the police, and you're burying your uniform. But yet you got these two, the commissioner, who's just always known that this was the person we believe in, and a kid that just idolized, you know, a hero, turning around and just keeping hope alive. I think in, he did that for the kids, too. At the orphanage? Like, yeah. They yeah, I think. Like, yeah, at least. yeah the, by the way, it's the, just keeping hope alive. The priest... Is in my cousin Vinny. He's JT. Oh my God, he's JT. Yeah. You're so right. Uh, holy shit. Good pull. Um, Good yeah, pull. that's a great wow. little moment too, where he turns around. He's like, "All right, guys, get on the bus." You know, we're shielded from the bomb, and the priest looks at him and goes, "It's an atom bomb." He's like, "You know, doesn't it's, mean, doesn't doesn't mean, mean you can't yeah. hope." And yeah. I, I love that. Like, I love that little moment that even in this moment of complete despair, where the priest is going, "It's an atom bomb." Like, what? He knows they're fine. What are you talking about? Like, it's an atom bomb. And even Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like, "Yeah, but hope is what will keep us going." I mean, I guess you could darkness. say that. You could say that JGL's role and John Blake's role in this movie isn't that. It's to be the last surviving piece of hope that Gotham has left refuses to give it up no matter how bad it looks even with the atom bomb nobody thinks Batman's coming back he's like nah dude he's even after back. Gordon yeah even after he hears about even if Bang reads the whole speech about yeah. Gordon he still has hope like, yeah yeah you're right yeah. it's he's he is Gotham's last thread of real hope and he holds on to it throughout the entire movie and that's why the ending is the way it is with him going to the cab because he's the next generation and that's what Bruce Wayne knew yeah. Bruce Wayne knew yeah, that Bruce he Wayne was going to carry on the legacy that there was actually someone to pass the torch yeah. to or at least people 
that yeah. he could pass the torch to that would carry that on. They showed just enough of that to not overdo it. What, like, the cafe scene? No, oh. the scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt like in the Batcave. Yeah, like, yeah. That was a nice little... Which, by the way, definitely the better Batcave. Like, the one in like Dark Knight was kind of cool because it was like super techy. But, and like, you know, the one that was like under the ground. Well, they weren't even, he was in. He was yeah, in, he was uh, in the original was, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like they, when, even when he came back after retiring, he went yeah. back to the original Batcave. Yeah, and I, with I just, the brick I and stuff. I love that Batcave so much. Looks so cool. All right. Aesthetically pleasing. What else we got? Is that? Uh, Kristen Stewart, but I don't think we have it. Who? Kristen Stewart Award for bad acting. It, it's the cop on the bridge. <laughs> I was gonna say Marianne Cotillard's dying scene. Oh, Ooh. that travesty that is Ooh. that dying scene. That's I mean, rough really, dying yeah, scene. that is a really that rough, is a dying, rough scene. dying scene. And, uh, just that scene. Everything and, else was perfect. And I blame it scene. honestly. I blame that scene on her just being exhausted because she was she was flying between uh, France. And, yeah, and yeah, that was York. a pretty rough scene. Uh, I don't know if it was That's New York, a good but call. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I remember that... watching that and going, yeah. like, just cringe, cringe face. For such a phenomenal actress, that is a travesty to her entire career. Imagine watching the that permanent stain. That. This that's why actresses that's why actors don't rewatch their shit. <laughs> so yeah, th- nobody why. nobody told me to do that a second time. Like I, yeah yeah well that's like Chris the one really time I looked at you and said that, that's like the one time I looked at you and I said no no one noticed the wig, no one noticed <laughs> the wig, and you said what wig and I said yeah this is a problem. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, that drove me crazy. But yeah, I, like I you call it the Kristen Stewart Award, by the way. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, Kristen Stewart Award for bad acting. That's good. No, she's horrendous. She's she is yeah. horrible. She is horrendous. Um, I did a pretty mean Kristen Stewart one day too. Like impersonation? Yeah. yeah it do was, it right it now. Was I, I don't know if I can do it right now. Yeah, we, we are way out of time. Maybe maybe after. Um yeah, anything else before we go, or is that it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, Kristen, I appreciate uh, you coming on the show today. We got to rescore it real quick. I'm going to bump this up to a 7.6 from my original 7.3. All right, fine. Fine. Mm. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll go 8.1. 8.1. I'll bring it into the 8s. You're looking at me? Yeah. I have the highest score. He had a good score. I, I'm still I'm honestly pretty comfortable at an eight nine. I think that's a pretty comf- that's a pretty legitimate score for this. I stand at my nine one. I fucking love this movie so goddamn much. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's fine. See you in two weeks. Thanks for having me on. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. Whatever movie it was about, uh, this is a generic pre-recorded outro, but we hope you had fun. We sure do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Gold, pony boy. I will not die sober. Get those fucking loose. That's all, folks.